after a little bit of a break, we're back here with episode 5178, Bank Holiday Edition of the Chair Shot Podcast. We're going to go all night, lads, no work tomorrow, so we're just going to be honest. Seven-hour show, two weeks of life to chat about. I'm very excited to, to, to get stuck into We actually do, listeners, have quite a, a loaded rundown here. Uh, of stuff to chat about so looking forward to getting stuck in uh, I'm one of your hosts Barry uh, joined as always by my ever dependable co-host first of all Mr. Joe Towner Hi there Barry Paul. and of course Paul Griffin rounding out the team and pressing Alright I think we need to refer to you as Pro Wrestling Torches Barry these days Yes Yes, um, the, the, the old, forbidden door is open. The forbidden door is open. I'm finally, I finally made it behind someone's paywall. Um, uh, so, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. I got got the plug skis in for for, for this, of course. Um, well, I did this I, to it because of the paywall, but I no, I, I heard it was great. <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun with it. For any anyone who doesn't know, or anyone who might be a torch subscriber, if I can't imagine you'd be a listener to this and a torch subscriber and not have listened to this show yet. I would be disgusted if that was yeah, possible. Exactly. Um, but I, I did have a good chat with my good pal Alan uh, about AEW, just all things AEW currently. It's not a topic he talks about very often. And we were chatting. I can't remember if this was on air or off air, but I was talking about this this show. And he was like, um, do, you talk, do you go into much AEW on that show? And I was like, well, to AEW's credit, they have bumped up the wrestling talk on our show by a factor of about 500. It's still only about 10 minutes. <laughs> but to be fair, there is genuine, there is some where there was none about two years ago. And, and it is usually quite enthusiastic and, and, and happy. As I think it might be this week. We've got a good episode of Dynamite to chat about. Yeah. I mean, we did go through a good year or two. Where the only wrestling content was I was watching NXT when it was an hour long. <laughs> that w- that was it, and then WrestleMania yeah, I mean, or whatever. Oh yeah, we we always watch the Rumble and Mania, and it was just kind of like now that I try and think back, it's just like like 2015 through like 2018, 19, like that. Like we were doing shows during that period, but I have no recollection of what WWE was. At that time, like I wasn't even watching when I went to WrestleMania that one year, <laughs> like, like, and so there was this period on this show where it was just it, there would have to have been a news story for us to talk about, um, right? Yeah, to, to to really chat about. So yeah, yeah, that was fun. Um, uh, so uh, I got that in. Uh, busy week with that. Uh, part of why we were away last week, I've gotten like the worst bout of hay fever that I've had in about. I, I don't know how many years. I feel like it's every time I get it, I feel like it's the new worst one I've ever had. Yeah. But um, I was quite, quite thoroughly out of commission um, last weekend. I'm, I'm feeling much better now, although I may have to smash that mute button at some point this evening if I get an old cough that's gotten into my mm-hmm. chest a little bit, yeah. um, which is always a pain. But you know, that's. Uh, that's the old. That's the old allergies for you. Um, it helps that the weather has broken here, so it's not nice anymore. Right. Um, it's it's back. It's classic Limerick uh, gray at the moment. So um, yeah. I suppose elsewhere on the old life golf lads, I've been I've been doing some cooking. I don't know if you heard about this. I saw. Uh, yeah, I we may need to we may need to do a new segment on this show where we just chat about you know culinary theory, you know. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I, 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 don't know, <laughs> I, I don't know why this week of all weeks I decided to do this. It's just something I feel like over the course of the pandemic, I was like, one of these days I'm going to see one of those videos online that's like how to make the sexiest burger you've ever had in your fucking life, the greatest cheese toasty ever. I was like, one right. of these days I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see them and I go, like, you know what, I gotta, I'm going to make this. And I saw some nice chicken tenders. I was like, I'll do this. I'll make these at the weekend. Uh, fully expecting that it would be a fun afternoon's activity, but it would not produce anything edible. Um, but my God, lads, I, I've never been prouder of myself. I made some fucking gorgeous crispy chicken tenders for dinner on Saturday from scratch. Ooh. Just got myself some some chicken breasts, not even diced up, diced them, sliced them and diced them myself. Batter from scratch, seasoned it from scratch, all tossed in a bowl, hand cut the chips with these these bare hands myself. Hands. Um, so just, just, oh, I was, I was like an, I was like an old woodsman. I, I, the only thing I didn't do was catch the chicken. Um, <laughs> and it was, uh, it was a, a, a tremendous moment of pride for me. Uh, I mean, my culinary expo, expo, uh, exploits have been well documented over the 10 year history of this show. Um, and so needless to say, my, my history of making things from scratch has not been to my, uh, to my favor but uh yeah so i was quite proud of that and i want to try something else soon. i don't i don't know what else to do though like i was like eh, burgers are like easy you don't really ha- i you know you don't really have to make a burger you could buy the mints i guess and, and make your own patties i was like I, i'm sorry I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna think about it what's something else i could do uh without pushing myself too far brona's always on to me to, about like making pasta and the sauce from scratch oh, yeah, um, yeah. which would be nice she does that and it's really great so um We'll see, we'll see. But yeah, that's my that was my milestone achievement for the weekend. I suppose that was the peak of my life, Guff. Yeah, I do burgers from mince. I don't think mm. I've bought I've haven't bought a burger in a shop <laughs> in about two years. I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I just get the you get lean mince everywhere these days. The, the old five yeah. percent mince. Well, just roll into a flat circle and then yeah, stick yeah. it on the frying pan. Um. Yeah, I've had a hell of a two weeks. Let me tell you. Go on. To begin, I it it's got to the point where so much mental shit has happened that I lost track of what day it was. <laughs> um. Okay, so I don't remember where I left off last week, but um. So Natty was in the hospital. First of all, covered that. I think she's back now. She's doing well. Good. Um. Then. So I, I was up here while she was in the hospital. I, I'm currently at her parents' house in Dublin. Okay, so she was in the hospital. Like we came up here, she got sick immediately. Went to the hospital. Then I'm with her and she's recovering. Then I get a phone call from my parents. My dad's sister, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer, was like really, you know, circling. The drain. Not to use a, such a flippant quote, but it was like, not yeah, drain. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um. So I left Natty here. I was like, all right, you're you're recovering, but your family will take care of you. I need to go. Yeah. I need yeah. to go take care, take care of my family. So I got down to Leakslip, and I think it was like she died. My auntie died like the next day, maybe. So I just got down in time to be with you know with my dad mm-hmm. and spend time with him, keep his spirits up. Um. So we're hanging out down there, and then. My parents went to the funeral. Obviously, with COVID, not much of a funeral. I think they only let 10 people in or something. Yeah, yeah. And then um, 
again, in, in keeping my dad's spirits up and you know trying to ha- make the place as as fun as possible, I, I suggest because it was nice at the weekend. I said we'll take the TV out the back garden and watch the football on the TV in the back garden, which uh, we used to do when I was a kid. With like we had a little portable TV and you'd watch you know the rugby or this soccer on RT two through the rabbit ears. But this is the first time I've taken the 40-inch flat screen out the back garden, hooked it up to the PlayStation via my phone hotspot and watched the Sky Go app on the telly. Nice. So we watched the the very, very boring Man United-Leeds match. <laughs> right? And then I'm saying, right, I need to head back up to Dublin. So I'm packing my bags, and then my parents come out. I'm, I'm an hour from literally hopping on the train out here. Parents come out. Oh, someone at the funeral has tested positive for COVID. Oh, <laughs> come on. And they're like, so you can't go. We have to get tested and find out what the deal is. So I, they, they both tested negative, thankfully. But I was stuck there until Tuesday. Then I came back here Tuesday. What else? I'm sure I'm missing like two or three things that are happening. But just it seemed like every day something, something was happening. Yeah. Um. So I'm currently up in Dublin. Nobody's got sick or anything the last few days, which is good. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been up to mostly. Jumping from on trains nonstop yeah. and people getting sick and passing away, unfortunately. But um, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it was a, it was a hell of a two weeks. So I I didn't mind taking a week off last week. Um, yeah, yeah. To be honest, <laughs> I wasn't no. exactly. Um, in the mindset for it. But. No, of course not. Yeah, you know, sometimes... I find this show to be a weekly highlight very often, and especially yeah. during the pandemic, I've enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, it's an energy requirement to, to yeah. do it and to do it well. I don't want to... I don't want anyone... To, I don't think any of us want to come on and just sleep through a show and put out a bad one and then be in a worse mood after it because you have to expel <laughs> that energy then as well. Like, yeah. 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 No, um, I mean, it's happened once or twice that... And I legitimately only once twice that we've done a show and I've afterwards been like, that wasn't mm. very good. <laughs> Sorry to the people who had to listen to it. But most weeks yeah. we, have, we have good crack. It's good, good. Two out of 500 isn't bad. No, oh, two out of 500. Ratio. Yeah. Um, it's like Kenny Omega matches. <laughs> <laughs> we did have um, a couple of games of Scrabble during the week. Very good. Of course, I beat everyone's ass at Scrabble. Oh. I'm the, scra- I'm the Scrabble King. So. He's back. I had. I remember two words I got. I had Android, which isn't this a particularly high-scoring word, but I was just mm. proud of it anyway. And the very high-scoring vagina. Oh! <laughs> they wouldn't give me Viagra, so I had to use vagina instead. <laughs> oh, they wouldn't give me Viagra. Oh, what about after the game? <laughs> well, yeah. mm-hmm. if anything else, at least... After your, your hectic two weeks, at least you could sit down today, Sunday evening, bank holiday Sunday, and just watch the footy. You know what I mean? Just, oh, you know. Well, <laughs> I would love that, Barry. To be honest. Yeah. Spe- speaking of which, so that kind of sums up my week. I, after I think probably about fifteen years since I last had a Sky Sports subscription, I think it's, it has been that long because we had back when I was living with my mum, we had. Sky, but we got rid of it because we weren't really watching it. That was the last time I had Sky Sports. So for about 15 years, I haven't had it. Did have BT Sport for the past couple of years. But this week, I finally decided to 
uh, just go for the full VIP TV package, get all the sports channels, get the Now Now TV, movie channels, TV channels. I was like, sod it, they've got a deal on. I'll uh, sign up with BT, get that. Got all my Sky Sports, Liverpool United, Sunday, 4.30, here we go. Oh, there's no game happening, that's a shame. After 15 years, without, without act, after watching on streams and listening to the radio and following The Guardian, you know, minute by minute for all these years. Um, finally looking forward to watching it. And yeah, the cancelled, which was a shame. Yeah. I also found out BT are trying to sell the TV <laughs> section yeah. of their yeah. business. Well. I was like, you fuckers, I just signed a 24-month contract. <laughs> sell, it, sell it to Amazon or something. Yeah, well, I've got a good deal insofar as, like, in my parents' house, they have Sky and have had Sky for, mm. I don't know, the better part of nearly 20 years at this stage. Um, and I pay for the BT there. Right. Um, but then what I do is I use I use the login for Sky, for Sky Go, and I have right, it on my right. tablet. I have it on the PlayStation here. I have it on my PlayStation yeah. at, at home. So I don't necessarily have Sky per se, but I do have it. That's the way I, I get by. Mm-hmm. And it's got all the footy on it, Sky and VT. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah, that was a week. Other than that, just uh, was out yesterday enjoying... Uh, sunny spells in between the, the mm. showers of rain. Um, but yeah, had a, had a nice kind of day out and um, bank holiday weekend for us here. Is it bank holiday there? Or, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I am working though tomorrow. Ah, uh, no. On May so you guys will have to do the seven hour without me. Yeah. On May Day of all bank holidays, eh? Yeah. Outrageous. Well, I don't get bank holidays off. I get the days off in lieu instead. So yeah. I, I get like nine extra holidays a year. Give them, but then have to work bank holidays, yeah. um, which I don't mind to be honest. Like tomorrow, I anticipate is going to be like dead, so I'm going to have my laptop on, and I'm probably going to plonk myself down in front of the TV and watch a film or something. Fair and enough. Then I'll take a busy day off for my holidays. So smart. Who's really who's really losing out? Not you. No, mm-hmm. not me, baby. Yeah, so that was our uh, that was the old weeks there, the old life golf. We got a a, a great 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 many uh, uh various media guffs to get through so we'll uh, we'll get started here let's watch some telly this week boys any telly updates yeah i'm on um we started season four of lost after a two-week break since the th- season three finale season four is probably my favorite season start to finish okay and certainly contains my favorite episode which we haven't watched yet and i'm Real looking forward to watching it. But season four is also the season, despite it being my favorite, it's also the season where the show kind of stops being about people on a in a plane crash on a mysterious island yeah. and kind of turns into something else. Um, which I obviously really, really like, but I also have a special, you know, fondness for the simplicity of the early shows. Where it was just, uh, oh, who stole the corn or whatever. <laughs> Obviously, it becomes a lot more complex than that in, in later years. But um, yeah, we just watched one there today. In fact, we probably watched the worst episode of, this, of the season today, The Other Woman. Um, but yeah, we're watching that. And then Drag Race uh, had its finale as well uh, while I was in Lixip, so we didn't get to watch it until I came back. Here and then that was good as well because last year 
when the pandemic started, the whole finale, which I think I've described on this show before, is like it's like the WrestleMania of you know men dressing up as women. Um, <laughs> it was done, it was like a Zoom call because it had to. It was so thrown oh, together, you know. No. They didn't know what they were, they couldn't do it in in a in a venue. They had to just this year at least they're able to kind of do it in a venue, albeit one with no crowd. They did it in a big sparkly venue. And they had people like outside and they'd cut to the people outside who were like socially distanced and people outside sitting on their cars and so on. Right. Okay. It was it was really good. It was really well done. It was fun. Uh, so that's all I've been watching. We're about, like I said, halfway through season four of Lost, slowly but surely making my way through that. And Drag Race is over now, so I don't have any more of that to watch until it starts up again. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, I watched. Uh, I got w- one episode of Escape at Dannemora to watch. I, I'll have to finish that probably tonight and wrap that up next week. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. But yeah, uh, one thing that I did finish up because it uh, had its last episode on Friday, and I had a little catch up there was Invincible on Amazon Prime, which I was talking about for. Uh, really great last two episodes. Really, really tremendous. Kind of all action, no messing around. Some some great kind of. Uh, some great kind of spectacular action scenes, some twists, some revelations. Um, they did drag out a mystery, like a, a point of kind of intrigue from the end of the first episode all the way through to the end. Like they, they did not reveal kind of a a prime kind of motivation for like a, a like a villainous character, which uh, I, I, remember, I think that hindered the pacing a little bit. It's only eight episodes and they're like 45 minutes each, so it's not like right. there's some some massive 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 drawn out thing uh, but they did they they made good on it which i appreciated and uh, yeah really satisfying uh, conclusion but also still setting up tons and tons and tons of other stuff to be paid off down the line and they did announce on friday they got a second and third season which is good mm, nice. um so yeah thumbs up um i would i would i would definitely recommend it to anyone who likes uh, you know uh, uh, it's kind of in the vein of the boys, or in that thing. One thing, I, this is a minor. It's not even really a gripe. It's just just something I, I thought. It's it is a little bit more kind of conventionally superhero-y than the boys. Right. Whereas the, I, I could feel like if you fucking hate the Marvel movies, you never watch them because you think they're stupid shit for babies. You'd watch the boys and you just think it's the greatest thing you've ever seen in your life. Whereas Invincible is kind of like. Okay, we're cynical and we're taking a little bit of a, a sideways glance at the genre, but it's still being made by by and for comic book nerds. I think is still kind of it's written by you know it's written by Robert Kirkman. It's a comic book guy making the the, the show, you know. So um, that's not a, that's not a, a knock. That's just something I, I would say. You know, don't don't go in kind of expecting it to be this fully subversive kind of skewering of the of the genre it's not really that right but it's still it's still very good and very funny and, and as i said a few weeks ago i mean, the voice cast is just outrageously great um just just so so stacked uh yeah so thumbs up on that um i watched the first of the two euphoria specials they did um little kind of like follow-ups to season one uh, one of them came out at christmas one of them came out in january so I watched the first one, the one that came out last Christmas. Uh, really tremendous, just really, really, really fantastic hour of TV. Uh, totally kind of uh, different to, to the, the typical episode style of the show. It, it, it did feel like a cool additional thing. I don't know if it was the most 
I think it was a bonus for fans. I think it was just this really great, well-crafted kind of deep dive into uh, Rue, who's Zendaya's character. Really great deep dive into her and what makes her tick and where she's at following the events of the, of the first series. Um, yeah, I loved it. Really, really great. Uh, and I'll, I'm going to watch that second one fairly soon uh, before the second season comes back, which I don't know when that is. But actually, I don't think they've started filming yet because of COVID. But um, yeah, love that show. Super thumbs up for that. Um, I think that's all my telly for the week. Uh, Joe, any telly telly updates? Um, just on Dawson's Creek. So we're we're still plowing through that. We're on to season five now. Season five of six, and all of the main characters have now graduated high school and moved on to college. And despite kind of making sort of uh, jokey inside references about how in high school dramas, <laughs> when they get to that point, they usually have to find a contrived way to keep all the characters together, like inventing a local college that they all yeah. suddenly go to. <laughs> Weird. Um, they've basically done that. So all the, all the main characters have ended up going to uh, Boston College. Um, I can't remember what it's actually called. It's kind of made up college in the show, but yeah. And I think what's also disappointing about it is that they've they, they've all obviously grown up. They've all sort of turned eighteen. They're all kind of more a bit more adult now, but they're still having exactly the same problems and arguments as when they were in high school. And it's yeah. like, oh come on, like you could evolve it. They could they could have different problems. They could be in relationships and you know just grow up a little bit more. But it still feels like they're just high school teens who are now. And, and especially as they were all like 20 years old when the show started. So they're all now like 26, 27. And, and they're still just, you know, all these kind of teenage problems. It's just, ugh. but only, only another season, season or two to go. And it was, it's been a good show at points, but I think by the time they've got to, um, yeah, season five, it's, ooh, I think it's going to be a dark, dark road ahead. But uh, yeah, that's mainly, mainly what we've been watching uh, this week. Alrighty. That's the uh, it's a what you've got like one season left, so you said six in total. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, like it kind of it's such like a household name of the era. I would have thought it had something stupid like eleven seasons or or something right. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, strange. Uh, we'll jump into the old movie guff then. Um, I did get the best picture nominees watched. Very good. Uh, before the Oscars, which were last Sunday. Um. Uh. I'll just run through those, I suppose. I watched The Sound of Metal, which Joe talked about on the previous episode. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, uh, you know, really great lead performance. Um, I, I, one of those ones that I think would, would stuck with me quite a bit after it was finished, which is always kind of a good thing. It is a kind of ponderous movie. Uh, it's obviously, a lot of it is kind of about, you know, um, deafness and, you know, losing your, your, your hearing as an adult who's heard all, all of his life. But also there's... It does a really great job of conveying that super well with like some really great sound design, but it's also, uh, I think it conveys some really good kind of more broad themes about change and when you lose something and this uh, like unhealthy obsession with just trying to go back, just trying to fix things and like oh I can just go back to the way it was, that's fine. This isn't the you know that whole thing. Um, and and it's uh it's 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 really good. Really really liked it. Um, I watched Mank. Which I thought was just so boring. I, I just, I, I mean, I, 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 to be perfectly honest, I didn't exactly go into it, you know, looking forward to, to, to seeing it. I, I didn't hate it, but I was so, I was just so bored during it. Um, 
you know, I, I thought I thought bits and pieces of it were interesting. I didn't think Gary Oldman was especially good in it. I thought it was very kind of just, you know, just kind of just kind of there. Um, right. so, you know, it was okay. Uh, and I watched The Father, uh, which was really great. Um, I actually kind of want to watch The Father again. I think it's due out here in June, which is hopefully when the cinemas reopen. If it's if it gets a cinematic release over here, I would like to go see it. It was it was really great. Um, uh, not yeah, you know, you you'll kind of get what it's going for within the first kind of twenty minutes. Uh, it's so I mean, it's kind of about uh, Olivia Coleman is like the daughter of this 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 guy, the Anthony Hopkins character who has you know, dementia. She's kind of at a crossroads. What do I do with him? You know, he he doesn't get along with his carers. His his condition is deteriorating and what have you. But the, the thing is that it's kind of told from his perspective. Um, so, you you know, the first couple of scenes, you'll kind of get, okay, I see what you're doing here, you know, fair enough. But I found myself constantly surprised how often they got me. Like, the, the, the film is constantly kind of throwing you for a loop in really interesting ways. And his performance is unbelievable, obviously. Um, uh, of the of the of the films that I saw that were not you know with regards to the best uh, the, the leading actor Oscar I he he was far and away uh, the one I would have picked um, I know obviously people were a bit annoyed about the Chadwick Boseman thing I didn't see that film that he was in um, so I can't really comment on it but it was an unbelievable performance um, one of those films it's it's adapted from a play and it's directed by the guy who wrote the play so it's one of those right. films that just looks a lot like a play. Um, uh, a lot of kind of you know moving around in a, in a kind of you know uh, singular space and kind of making slight changes to that same space for sometimes even within the same scene and um, very very simple setup. It's just it tends to just be two or three characters in a room having conversations, but way more compelling than that might sound. Um, yeah, really really liked uh, uh, the father. Um, so yeah, I actually thought it was a pretty good suite of, of nominees and then like probably the least or second least I enjoyed the film was the one that won, but that's, that's kind of the Oscars <laughs> for you, I guess. Um, I, I, like the further I've got, like I mentioned there, like, like Sound of Metal and The Father, those two films that like, I, I think I'll be thinking about, I've thought a, a lot about The Father. I think it's a film that will stick with you. Like Nomadland is like every time I, every time I think about it because obviously it's been in the news a lot. I'm like, mm. I didn't like that film really at all. I think I gave it like three stars. I think that was probably generous. I, I took almost nothing from it. Um, yeah. Except you know Frances McDormand's performance was good. I I wouldn't say she wasn't great in that movie, but yeah. Um. So yeah. I mean, speaking as someone who's watched all the Oscar films for the last seven years, maybe seven eight years. Mm. Uh, it's definitely the case that the films that, like um, you referenced, Mank, for example, the films that you're not that interested in watching in the first place and that turn out to be kind of middling, I feel like that's almost amplified by the fact that you're just watching so many films in sorts, just a short amount of time. Yeah. Because um, I, I have had that a lot, that, that same kind of, not to use the word ennui, but that same <laughs> kind of ennui where you're like... Oh, I have to do it, but I don't really want to care about watching this film. Yeah. I, I, um, and I've even had that feeling with like films that are, for all intents and purposes, you know, critically acclaimed that I, I do want to go back and watch. Like I remember one year, 
whichever year it came out, it must have been 2017-ish, but um, the Casey Affleck film, uh, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. It was actually the last film I got around to watching of like 17 films that I, I watched it over the course of a month. And I just... I was just tired of watching yeah. films at that stage, so I might have to go back and watch that one. But I definitely empathise uh, with your feelings, uh, and it was nice to have a year off from the Oscars. Um, I didn't even watch the ceremony, although I believe it went off the air with like, and best actor is Anthony Hopkins, and he's not here. Good night. Yeah, Which one <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch that. I heard the show was just abysmal. As, as <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a little bit like WrestleMania, isn't it? In that I was like, like the Oscars are never that fun in the first place. It's fun when you've watched all the films and you're kind of invested in what wins. But imagine not having seen all the films and there being like no crowd or anything. Like, what, what would the point of it be? Aside from finding out what won in a year yeah. that not many films came out in the first place. Yeah, so I, I think I took a good, uh, a good year to take a, a break from it. I'll probably do it again next year if cinema is but kind of back to yeah and i do want to check out the father i know i heard a lot of people talk about the father and uh sound of metal and apart from those two i don't know that there's any of them that i'm really that pushed to seek out like i said i i i think i think you would enjoy basically all of them i I would have except maybe i mean you might get something from nomadland that i didn't like a lot of people fucking love it like as well it's still because it's just it just got added to Disney Plus as so like you know a fresh wave of, re- of yeah. reviews from outlets and stuff. So you know, I, I quite possible, but I I thought it was really I really like Minari. I wanted Minari to win, but you know, fair enough. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, really, really great. That's uh, maybe the other one that I would. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya performance that, which he got you know supporting. I like him a lot. Deserved. I like him. A lot. He's unbelievable. Um, yeah, you know, I, they're all worth watching, but again. Uh, you know, watch them as they come out. You know what I mean. And hopefully, we can get to the cinema soon to watch them. Yeah. Well, um, Nomadland, anyway. I would have an unfair bias against going in because um, <laughs> I remember. I think the last Francis McDormand film I saw was um, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. I thought it was not particularly good. And Nomadland sounds a lot like a film I watched for the Oscars a few years ago called Captain Fantastic with Viggo Mortensen. Which I also thought was not good. <laughs> so, yeah, ew, maybe it's good, but it would kind of have stuff going against it in advance of me watching it. Yeah, um, I did. I did get a start on the 2022 um, Oscar run by watching uh, Mortal Kombat <laughs> on. Um, I was about to say on HBO Max on, on piracy.com because they yeah. didn't put it up. They didn't put it up on anything over here, so I couldn't see it in the cinema either. Oh, it wasn't even on like. Sky Movies, no? No, no. Yeah, I don't know. Because they do see... that for the Sky, the HBO Max films a lot of the time, right? Some, oh, it wasn't even yeah, on HBO Max. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems right. it seems like really inconsistent. They got the Snyder cut, but they didn't get Godzilla, and they didn't get this. So I haven't I have a Now subscription, but they don't. Right. Doesn't seem it just doesn't seem like they're also yeah. So they're they're kind of the UK partners for HBO. I uh, went on to find that Euphoria special I was talking about, because that's a HBO show, wasn't up there. Was it? Cheers. Great. Why do I pay 15 quid for you a month? Um, that could get me the WWE Network. <laughs> um, yeah, but without, I, without any of the racism anymore. Yeah, that's a, that's a shame. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Is it? 
No, not really. Um, I watched Mortal Kombat. Go on, how it was it? Wasn't that good, unfortunately. I'm shocked. Uh, I was a bit shocked. I thought it, I was kind of looking forward to it. that. That the first trailer was really good. I was like, all right, yeah. I mean, I guess I should have paid more attention to the fact that they got the guy they hired to make this. Uh, they got from uh, TV commercials. Um, Always a good sign. Yeah. yeah, like so, like they had like some really cool, you know, uh, martial artists involved, like Joe uh, Taslam, or how, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, uh, but you know, of of uh, you know, good good notoriety kind of um, you know martial arts film. But uh, it's I mean so. You start off and you get like you get your you get like an opening fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero that sets up their two characters. You got people getting fucked up and there's blood going everywhere and there's families killed and oaths of revenge sworn and you're like, all right, let's go, one combat baby, yeah, fucking gonna be great. And then it just slows to a crawl. They've got this made up character that they made up for the film. Um protagonist man i believe his name is um played by lewis tan i've never heard of or seen lewis tan in anything else before he was shit in this he was so terrible completely uncharismatic and they they didn't give him much help with the writing i mean he's he is literally just he's an mma fighter which is such if you're making a, a like a mortal Kombat movie such an executive in a room puts his hand up and says i think the kids these days they're, they're into the um the ufc and what if in this movie about where the G.I. Joe fights the ninja and the forearm monster, what if we put a UFC man in there? I think that would help with the young men, you know. And so they right. so they put him in there and they make him the protagonist. So, like, everything revolves around him. It's not like you're watching a Scorpion movie or anything like that. Um, okay. Like, the animated movie that came out last year was, was like a kind of Scorpion protagonist movie telling the same story. But from that perspective, the 95 movie is, you know, Liu Kang is kind of your, your central kind of hero and this it's it's beige mcgee um and so it's you know basically he has a birthmark that means he can go to mortal Kombat. um they there's no actual mortal Kombat tournament in the film the plot of the film is basically <laughs> which that i was fucking outraged when the credits rolled i was like we what what it's like Shang Tsung has like a plan to basically like ambush all the earth realm fighters and kill them before the tournament so that he can win by default. Which I was like, okay, it's not, that's like that's a fine first act thing if you want to set Sanjung up as a as a heel. But like, no, that's the whole movie. They 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 don't actually have a tournament. There's like three scenes in like Outworlds, like you know. So they they I assume it's all like CGI, but they've got like this big vast desert with all these weird monsters in it and Shang Tsung sits on a throne on top of the uh, on top of a pyramid in the desert it looks really cool but there's like three scenes and they're about 30 seconds long each and the rest of the film is set in like a dock in New Jersey or some shit like that Lovely. and then halfway through the film they go to Raiden's temple which is the most generic kind of you know like generic temple fantasy setting possible it's just so disappointing it's just tons and tons of talking about destiny uh being a hero you don't have what it takes like like the most cliched stuff imaginable and they break it up with a couple of fights that are fine but like it's not the raids do you know what i mean like it's the action is okay but it's not amazing enough to salvage the rest of the movie right um and about the only thing they get right is that like there is there's a lot of gore um 
you know, uh, Kung Lao is in the movie with his fancy razor sharp hat and he fucks some people up with the hat. Right. Um, Sub-Zero blows someone's arm. He turns his, someone's arms to frost and breaks them apart. You're like, okay, it's, yeah, okay. The original movie didn't have that. Fair enough. Like, that's cool. But yeah, oh, I was so disappointed. I was so disappointed by it. Yeah, it sounds oh. a lot like Itchy and Scratchy when they meet Poochie, or in this case, MMA Man, and then they don't go to the fireworks factory in the end. That was very much it. That was very much it. Um, yeah, just so much standing around. And it's like, Cole, you don't have takes. You have... <laughs> they do this weird thing where in, in Mortal Kombat, they don't like they don't explain why characters have their powers. Liu Kang just throws the fireball. Because what? Why? Who cares? Fucking throws the fireball. Who cares? Scorpion is a scorpion, man. Whatever. It doesn't matter. In in the film, they basically set it up that like everyone's a normal person. But if you're a Mortal Kombat chosen competitor, at a certain point, when your heart is in the right place or something, or you prove your worth, you get a power basically it's a very nebulous fantasy concept that they don't explain very well at all and so cole gets his when his family are in danger and his power activates and he can make the save kano is just a normal guy uh but at one point he gets so angry that his eye starts shooting a laser (laughs) that was me all the time to be fair yeah whereas like in the in the game and in the original movie he's like a fucked up mercenary who's had like a metal implant in his head and it looks so and it's like a real practical effect and it looks cool and in this they're just kind of like at a certain point you just get a power and it's random out of a box what you get (laughs) oh i was so disappointed i was so disappointed um yeah they said there's tons that's there's not only teasing a sequel so there's no johnny cage in this movie the movie ends on a stinger that i gotta go get johnny cage i guess and of course it's like one big advertisement for the next movie guys we're going we've stopped saying show but we still got to do the tournament that's the premise basically um and also there's a scene early on in the movie that is the cliche mcu uh, i think batman v superman had this exact same scene where someone's looking at a cork board with all the the things pinned on it and if, if you're a nerd who's played all the games especially the newer games a lot of this stuff on this cork board was like the last two game like very very new character stuff uh it's like you know mortal kombat's gone on for centuries across dimensions and it affects all these different uh you know societies and there's like little flashes of pictures and it's like oh that's kotal khan from mortal kombat 10 that's so and so that's so and so you know where so you've got your core characters from like the first two games from 20 years ago and they've made their little references come back for a sequel you might get your new characters you know um oh so disappointed but you know it's a video game adaption so what are you going to do i can't it's more fool me for getting excited you know yeah i mean it's funny that they've, they've gone the sequel bait route because it seems nobody liked it <laughs> and i don't think it did very well yeah well, I mean, it's uh, it's so hard. I, I don't know what they're gauging doing. Well, it seems like Godzilla vs. Kong did very well, I suppose. So, yeah. I guess, you know, in, in the I'm US... They're think, not doing any more of those. Well, let's see if the hashtag keeps going, you know. Um, <laughs> but I think I think that movie is at least evidence that in the US, I think currently, if people... If the movie looks good, they will go and see it at the moment. It's not like people are afraid. So, I don't know. We'll see. Some people have kind of liked it. it to me, that just strikes me as, God, you just don't want it to be bad. 
I've seen an awful lot of, Ooh, what did you expect? What did you expect? It's a Mortal Kombat movie. It's like the, the, the first Mortal Kombat movie is good. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> and it has like, the first Mortal Kombat's got like, it's got like cool, it's got like likable characters. They have a really cheesy Johnny Cage and he's funny. Right. And they've got a big stupid rubber Goro that I love. Um, uh, oh, I can't remember what it is. <sighs> At some point in this movie, like, I, I got so annoyed. I wish I wrote it down or something. Somebody does some shitty like MCU dialogue, and I wish I can't remember what it was. It might be like a little help here or some shit like right, that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off with that. Oh my god. Um yeah. Anyway, that's Mortal Kombat. I've 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 expelled too much energy talking about it. Well, I mean it's um, funny, like you say, like what did people expect? I mean, Mortal Kombat is a unique enough property that you can do something with and have it be fun. Like obviously the the violence and the gore if played up in it again in a kind of the raid two or um i don't know other movies of that kind of type where you have yeah you know cartoony comic characters with over-the-top action over-the-top violence you know that, that can be fun but like without having seen it you seem to say how boring it was and actually the only other person i know who watched it fell asleep watching it so <laughs> I don't know. It seems like they didn't use it to its full potential. Yeah, the the original movie and the animated movie are both still, and I think actually the best way to because this is another retelling of like, it's kind of just doing the original story. They they take a few more liberties with this one than the other movies, which is which is fine. That doesn't bother me. I still think the best way to experience like a, an origin story from Mortal Kombat is that reboot game from like two thousand nine or whatever it was, the three sixty. Right when yeah. it came back, when Mortal Kombat came back, and I'm like, okay, we're doing it again. That game is still excellent, and it has a genuinely has a fun story with with good cutscenes in it for a change in a in a fighting game. Anyway, to to wash the taste out of my mouth of that, I did also watch They Live. Um, ah, we just talked uh, about They Live two weeks ago. Yeah, which we just since since we did bring it up, and yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great. <laughs> I mean, and it's also I I just file it on, right next to Mother as like you know what you actually don't have to be subtle about your themes you just just no. just make your movie about them just make a movie about them whatever like what it's like you're gonna tell me they live isn't good of course it's good you, you can't say it's subtle though it's not no. um, they've got like a six minutes fight scene about how there's no there's no <laughs> class unity it's great <laughs> just keith, keith david and roddy piper having this long elaborate fight in an alleyway oh it's so great um it's weird because like Roddy Piper is like he's like not that good in it, but he is really charismatic. Like he is Roddy Piper, you know. Right. Um. So he just makes it work, and Keith David's awesome. Um. Yeah. No, they live. They live was great. I uh, love the old John Carpenter. I'm trying to think, what are the what are the major things? I I haven't seen Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. Escape from New two. York is good. It's yeah. slow. It's slow, but in a way that works. Yeah, I think those are the two big ones of his I haven't seen. Yeah. Um. So maybe I'll get to those soon. Um, yeah, and those are my movies uh, for the week. Very good. Nice, nice. Do you want to go, Joe? Um, yeah, I've got, got a few movies. Um, so you watched a movie called Rocks, which is kind of independent British film set in London uh, amongst a group of teenage girls and the lead uh, girl, her, her mum's sort of having difficulties and she just one day out of the blue kind of just leaves leaves the, this 15-year-old girl to, to look after her younger brother and to kind of be on her own. And it just kind of follows the sort of two or three days after that and how this kind of young girl sort of copes with with being alone and 
you know, not really wanting to turn to anyone because you don't trust, you know, the system, teachers, doesn't hmm. really trust anyone. Um, so it was very interesting, very, um, you know, kind of realistic drama um, uh, about this about this girl and kind of insight into, you know, teenage life um, in London in, in kind of 2020 or 2019, I think it was. So, yeah, I would definitely remember that. It's called Rocks. That's the, the name of the, the lead character. And um, it's just feels very authentic. All of the, I think all of the actresses in it are all, you know, obviously very young, probably straight out of school or, or drama school. Um, yeah, very authentic, very kind of interesting, um, interesting to see it from a kind of young teenage girl's perspective and see that very kind of realistic story. Hmm. Um, so I enjoyed that a lot. Um, very different from that. We watched a film called uh, The Golden Arm. Well, actually, was it Golden Arm or Golden Arm? I can't remember. The Golden Arm. No, just Golden Arm, which is about a uh, two women who <laughs> take part in an arm wrestling competition. Okay. Um, it stars a, a comedian that Michelle's a big fan of, called Betsy Sodaro, who does a lot of kind of podcasts. Um, she's a very, very interesting character. Goes one of the strangest voices you'll ever hear. Oh, really? um, she's a real, like, genuine kind of character and very kind of entertaining in this. Um, so she's in it with another another comedian called Mary Holland, who's a baker who has just got divorced from her husband or is getting divorced. Kind of doesn't really know what to do with her life. So her friend, uh, played by Betsy Sodaro, enters her into this arm wrestling competition knowing that she is actually a fantastic arm wrestler, but doesn't look it because she's just a very kind of slim very nice brunette woman okay. <laughs> and who would know that she's got this very uh, um, very kind of high aptitude for arm wrestling but anyway it was quite a funny film it was kind of you know nothing revolutionary but but very funny some good kind of funny supporting characters and some 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 nice kind of moments in it so a real kind of indie indie comedy that was that was pretty funny and uh yeah I enjoyed that that was good and then another comedy we watched uh, American Pickle the um, Seth Rogen uh, film. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, basically the conceit is that um, in about 1920, um, this this uh, Jewish immigrant to New York uh, in Brooklyn, he's working in a pickle factory. Uh, it's played by Seth Rogen. He falls into a vat of pickles and is <laughs> okay. he becomes and is, pickled Seth. <laughs> oh, no, he. Um, Franco, I turned myself into a pickle. <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, don't um, smoke me, Evan Goldberg. He falls into a into a vat. Oh, excuse me, into a vat of pickles, and is perfectly pickled or preserved for a hundred years. At which point, okay. the abandoned pickle factory in which he was working is um, disturbed by a couple of kids, and he is he is found. He is brought back to life from his pickled state. Um, you see all his family are gone. It's 100 years on, but they managed to track down his great-grandson, um, Ben Greenbaum, who's also played by Seth Rogen. So, yeah, essentially it's that kind of um, bit like Encino Man or one of these other kind of man-out-of-time movies with, a, you know, someone who's, who's kind of transported into a different time and place and... Obviously, everything's very strange, and Brooklyn has obviously changed rather than being a very, you know, kind of poor area full of immigrants from from across the world. It's now very kind of hipster and 
um, you know, his Seth Rogen plays an app developer, and of course, you know, the, his his great grandfather doesn't understand what that is, and he's he's amazed by like seltzer water and all this kind of stuff and the fact that Seth Rogen owns uh, seven pairs of shoes you know he's just mind blown by it all um so anyway it's quite a, a funny sort of conceit um the actual movie itself I, it was like a good idea but I don't think they really knew what to do with it <laughs> to make it into a good movie um because they kind of just spend a lot of time it, it ends up in a, with a bit of a rivalry between um the, the great grandson and, and the pickle guy. Um, and it, it kind of just feels like it's a, a series of sort of sketches or a series right. of, you know, just kind of funny, funny situations, but it doesn't really tie together that well. And it, it does have some quite sort of nice sort of themes under it to do with like faith and loss and, you know, ha- how we kind of find sort of meaning in, in society compared with, you know, a hundred years ago and things like that. So there's some, some good elements to it, but I think it, it could have been a lot better, but I, I'd, I'd give it a thumbs up anyway, because I did quite enjoy it. You know, it's quite funny at, at times, um, especially when he, you know, his grandfather is selling like, <laughs> he starts selling pickles to like all these hipsters in Brooklyn for like $9, $9 a pickle. Um, and it's, it, it's some pretty, pretty funny stuff in there. But yeah, thumbs, thumbs kind of in the middle, slightly up for an American pickle, which is uh, streaming on now TV currently. There you go. Good stuff. Um, Paul, initiated? Yes, of course. Um, I watched three films this week. One second now. Um, so I watched, first of all, Apocalypto, a film that my dad's been recommending me for the better part of a decade now. And I've always been like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll watch it, I'll watch it, I'll watch it, I'll watch it, I'll watch it. So I finally watched it. Um, directed by Al Gibbo, <laughs> Mel, Mel Gibson. And don't call me mean, our favorite crazy man. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's very good. It's not what I thought it was going to be, though. I had more of a... Funny enough, because it's Gibson, I had more of like a, a Mad Max Fury Road level of kind of nonstop chase in my head than what it really is. Mm. Um, I don't know why that expectation was <laughs> built up. I don't remember seeing a trailer for it. I think I was just kind of told offhand, oh yeah, it's this uh, Aztec uh, or Inca you know, guy being chased through the jungle for like <laughs> two hours. Actually, it's not that. It's it's very slow for the first maybe hour and a half. It's, it's only the last 35, 40 minutes that are kind of that. Uh, and I actually like the slower bits more than the, the chase bits. So there you okay. go. Um, it's a fantastic looking film. It's all done in the uh, the Mayan uh, language or like a modern day approximation of the Mayan language. So it's all subtitled. Performances are all excellent in it. Um, and it is, it's the, the tension is really ramped up. Um, basically, the story, for those who haven't seen it, is you have this small kind of tribe in uh, this South American kind of jungle. And um, they have their own way of life. The, f- the first like 10, 15 minutes of the film is just kind of setting up their society and how they get on. There's, a, there's some kind of more comedic moments which I didn't really get on well with at first. I was like, that's that's too silly for this kind of film. But then yeah. where the film goes, uh, you know, there's there's not a lot of levity elsewhere. So they kind of give you a little bit of that up front before everything kind of 
goes downhill, so to speak. Um, and then um, they get invaded. Their little village gets invaded by the kind of the bigger, um, again, Aztec or whatever uh, societies of nearby. And so they get captured, and it's it's kind of a hero's journey from there. Um, but uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I like again the part of the film I liked the most was kind of the the main character, the protagonist, and his kind of group being led through the jungle to the um, not pyramids, but you know the the kind of pyramid shaped buildings. That are yeah, I know the that, I don't think you're talking about where that. they're doing human sacrifice yeah. and so on. Um. So yeah, one thing that I would say about it is, I'm obviously not a big gore guy. I won't I won't check out Mortal Kombat, but um, I thought the human sacrifice scene, which happens like I said, maybe an hour fifteen, hour twenty in the film, that I would have had that be more gory and more kind of repulsing. Yeah, because there, there's actually gore elsewhere in the film. That is gorier than what happens at the human hmm. sacrifice. Like you don't see the knife go into the body. You don't see the heart being taken out. You don't see the decapitation. Which, as far as you know, not being a fan of gore, usually I'd be okay with that. But in a film like this, you almost want to have that uh, midsummer moment where you have that, yeah. that one scene being so shocking and being so kind of visceral that it sets a scene for what's going to come. Whereas watching it, I was like. Oh, that's strange for a film that is known for being quite violent. Is like I found it. I found it quite tame. Yeah. <laughs> as as far as human sacrifices go, I found it quite tame. And then later in the film, you have like a close up of a panther eating a lad's face off. I was like, do you could have put that in the human sacrifice bit though? Now, to be fair, maybe it was done differently, and censors wouldn't allow it for an R rating or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. To 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 give it the benefit of the doubt, but to watch it in the form it's in. I found that scene would have been more effective if kind of the gore of the film was focused on that because otherwise that's kind of the the pivotal scene of the film. So that was the that was the only one bit that I was a little bit not you know this this disappointed by but that I thought okay that could have been improved. Yeah. Um it does get a little a little too MacGyvery towards the end as well for my liking. <laughs> um where Again, the protagonist is being chased through the jungle, and suddenly he's like rubbing sticks on a frog to, you know, do the poison darts, and he's got traps set up. And you know, okay, it's fine, but for for a film that's otherwise very gritty and very realistic, it it borders ever so slightly on the silly towards the end. But it's a good eight out of ten. Um, Definitely fantastic looking movie performances are fantastic. The action for the most part is great. Um, and despite the fact that the slower setup of the movie um, isn't maybe what I expected, that's the part of it that I really enjoyed. So, thumbs up on Apocalypto. Okay. Uh, I then, and continuing the theme of films that I f- finally watched that I should have watched maybe a decade ago, I watched uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. Um, I think I've only seen two other Paul Thomas Anderson films. I've never seen Boogie Nights, I've never seen Magnolia. I've never seen Punch Drunk Love, um, but I have seen no, Punch the Punch Drunk Love is nice. Yeah, I, I, I've heard it's great. I, I, I've seen The Master, which I love, and I've seen Inherent Vice, which is a bit of a mess, but it's fine. Oh, I've, I've seen Phantom Thread, so really I've seen three. Uh, but There Will Be Blood is 
the 2007 Oscar nominated Daniel Day Lewis, Paul Dano. Uh, early, I guess, early. Is it early 1900s? Uh, uh, or is it before that? I'm not sure on the actual year. But he's. Because um, it does flash up the year at various points of the film. I remember, is it like 1902? Maybe it was like 1702. I think it was 1902, early 1900s. But um, him and his, his son, as they kind of go from having nothing to developing this kind of oil business and going up through the classes and the fallout of of all that. Um, he meets a, a preacher called uh, Eli Sunday, I think it is, uh, played by Paul Dano, who is so good in this film. Um, and they have their own little um, frenemy relationship. Um, yeah, Paul Dano. Ooh, I tell you, I love a bit of Paul Dano. I don't think I'm yet to see a film with Paul Dano that I was like, Paul Dano was not excellent in this film. I, I, I unless they drop it in the, in the final <laughs> episode, I think you should watch Escape from Danny Mora. He's quite excellent in it. Um, he's yeah, a great actor. He's great in it. Um, I actually saw a review of uh, There Will Be Blood on Letterboxd where someone was like, the performances were too hokey. And I'm like, what film were you watching? What? Sorry, we can't all be Tom Hiddleston in Kong Skull Island the whole time. <laughs> Sometimes actors like to give a bit of vibrancy to their performance. Like, probably my favorite scene in the whole film was the um, where Dano is doing the uh, preaching in his little church, and he's got a little old woman who's got arthritis. He's like taking her by the hand, going, "Get out, ghost! Get out, ghost!" and like dancing <laughs> around the the chapel. Oh, he, he is so good in it. Um, Day Lewis is excellent in it, of course, as you would expect. I like where his character goes. It kind of has Citizen Kane parallels. Um, looked fantastic. I liked the pacing. Yeah, I pretty much liked everything about it. I thought it was really outstanding. Um, have I anything really else to say about it? It's no. good. It should have <laughs> won, won the Oscar. Yeah, you know what's interesting, actually, is it... it didn't win the Oscar because it was beaten by um, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, well, that's an excellent film. And, yeah, another excellent movie. But it's weird because, um, to my mind, No Country for Old Men almost plays more like a Paul Thomas Anderson film. And There Will Be Blood almost feels like a Coen Brothers film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very strange. Um, yeah, that is the least Coen Brothers-y of the Coen Brothers films yeah. that I've seen. And th- this has, like, like especially the scene at the end in the bowling alley, that felt very Cone Brothers to me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, weird, weird mishmash that those two happen to be nominated the same year. I mean, no shame in losing to No Country for Old Men. I probably, I do think No Country for Old Men is probably the better of the two, but uh, you're splitting hairs there. Like, no, uh, there will be blood. Is really, really, really good. Uh, and then to close out the trilogy of films I should have watched a decade ago, uh, I watched Mean Girls for the first time. <laughs> um. Natty suggested we watch it the other day on Netflix, and uh, I wasn't super into it at the start, but I definitely came around to it. Um, I think it's really, really well written. Is it written by Tina Fey? And... Yeah. 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 Okay, Tina Fey, it says here a screenplay. I thought it was Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, who's also in it, but apparently it's only Tina Fey. Really, really funny. Really, really kind of biting of, you know, albeit a, a kind of a well-trodden road. The old, mm. you know, the school, the, the school cheerleaders and the school bullies. But it was done in a really, really clever way. 
Um, I thought they were all very good in it. I thought Lindsay Lohan was great as the kind of the likable lead turned bad girl. Uh, initially, kind of, she's, you know, almost playing like a double agent in a way. It almost plays like a double agent spy, spy kind of movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then obviously the three, uh, the eponymous mean girls, um, Rachel McAdams, uh, Seafried, and the other one um, are all very, very good, very funny. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Uh, kind of the first maybe 10, 20 minutes, I was kind of like, I don't know that the acting is very good in this film. I think some of the mm-hmm. some of the lines early on are kind of clunkier, and some of the performances don't really click into gear until you kind of click into gear with the film. I think I think the film overall, I don't think it bears its teeth as something more than just another one of those movies. Right. I, until I, later I think on. it's about halfway through before it kind of, you kind of get okay. They're kind of yeah. it's there's a bit more going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, by the end of it, I was really, really kind of. I really, really came around to it, and I thought it was really, really good. Um, but um, now, like I say, I, I thought all the performances... Really, I really liked um, Tina Fey herself in it. And yeah. Amy Poehler is like the the show stealer as the the cool mom. They think we're sisters. Oh! Um, <laughs> which, again, is a kind of a character that's been done, but she does it in a really, really funny way. Um, so, yeah. I thought it, I thought it was uh, I thought it was top stuff. As, as good as... The, the very best of those kind of high school uh, teen comedies without being like gross out without being gross yes. out which a lot of those films kind of have a tendency to go into um, there was no scene where someone got like pissed on their head off a balcony there were no diarrhea jokes um, <laughs> it was just funny it was just a, a, a legitimately well written funny comedy and it didn't hurt that there was like eye candy all over the place it was great Big big thumbs up. Um, so yeah, three for three this week for me. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, well, good, on the subject, good. on the subject of eye candy, why don't you why don't you uh, talk to us about the new Pokemon Snap? Oh yeah, well I did wank over uh, Raichu the other day. Did you buy the little printer? Did you? <laughs> No, um, well, I, ha- I had one thought on New Pokemon Snap right away, is that po- New Pokemon Snap would be the perfect VR game. Yeah. It's yeah. an on-rails camera sim. In, like, and I know that uh, there has been many, many on-rails VR games, like, uh, wasn't the Until, Blo- Until yeah, Dawn? Yeah, Until Dawn. Whatever yeah. that's called, it was an on-rails thing. And I must say, like I've only been playing it on handheld mode so far. I haven't actually played it on TV. But it almost seems like whatever the they designed the level of zoom for your like default screen to be, it's almost too zoomed in for you to properly appreciate the level right. and what's going on around you. So, like I said, in playing it, I'm constantly thinking, God, I'd love to have be like VR and be in the level and looking around and. Because also, um, the, like using the control sticks only, moving very quickly from one side to the other to get the perfect photo, is it, too slow. So okay. I'm playing. I'm playing with gyroscope controls. Okay. Which I, I think is the best way to play it anyway. But even that is a for it again. As much as you can see on screen, I don't feel like I'm seeing everything that I should be. 
Um, I'm probably in the range of seven, eight hours in. Okay. Which is a lot. Um, I've basically only been playing the first level. Um, now, to be fair, what they're doing with the levels is you have your, your first level, which is whatever the park, right? You have like the daytime version, the nighttime version, and then like a third end boss for all intents and purposes part of the level. Okay. So if the one map gets a lot of use out of it, and also you, you level up the more you play the level. So that first map has four levels to it. And for every level you go up, things are changing on the map. So the one physical map, let's say, for all intents and purposes, has about 10 different versions with different Pokemon appearing, the Pokemon themselves having different actions, being in different places, reacting to you differently. So your first playthrough, if you get close to a Pokemon, it's going to like run away from you. But as you get to like level four of the level, you've been through it so much, they're like getting used to you and they're running up and doing little dances or whatever. And you can okay. get your good uh, picture. Um, so that's an aspect of it that I am enjoying because you know, as far as replayability goes, that was one thing about the original Pokemon Snap that I liked was, um, you know, as you un- unlock new uh, abilities and so on, you can go back and do different things in the same level or have branching paths. In the same okay. Level. So this has that, but like up to 100. So you do have branching paths, same as you did before, but now you have the daytime and nighttime versions. You have um, different abilities you're unlocking. I've only unlocked like the throw the apple so they eat the apple thing yeah. but there's other there's like a, a music flute or something you get later uh i don't know various other items you can the various things to make them behave the other way yeah, yeah. and then you go back and play the level again do different things uh it also has like uh where's wally style checklist challenges like oh there's a weird thing here go see what that's about that maybe you would have missed if you were just playing it on your own uh, it also has like an achievement system and so on, which Nintendo games often don't have, which I appreciate having. Um, yeah, so it looks great. I wish that the screen wasn't so blown up, like I said. I wish it was a VR game, which unfortunately it, it never can be, um, because this is the kind of game that I feel is like perfectly suited to VR. Uh, it looks very good. I like uh, Pokemon <laughs> actually feeling like real animals with personality yeah. and so on because an ecosystem and stuff yeah, yeah because in the actual games they very often don't have any of that <laughs> which is a bit of a shame but uh yeah i i loved the original pokemon snap it's it is for all intents and purposes more of that uh with with tons and tons of options and and to be fair the levels are like really you know to the brim with Pokemon everywhere. Whereas mm. in the N64 one, you'd be going for a minute and you'd be like, oh, a Geodude. And then 30 seconds later, oh, there's something over there. Here, the second you start, there's like seven things on screen. Like, oh, oh, what do I do first? Oh, that one. So, again, that does um, encourage you to replay multiple times because you always feel like, oh, I haven't looked everywhere. I haven't looked over there yet. I haven't looked over there yet. Um, but yeah, and also uh, the last thing is for each Pokemon that you photograph, there's like a, a star rating system of one to four. 
So depending on the behavior, every Pokemon has like four different behaviors that they show that you need to trigger. Um, so you're not just taking your best picture, and that's your best uh, Pikachu picture. You now have yeah. four Pikachu pictures, and that also will encourage you to go back and play more. Where you're like, oh, I, ha- I haven't got the three-star Pikachu. Let me try and figure out what that is. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good fun so far. I, I do feel like being seven or eight hours in, it's it's also not a game that I, I really am enjoying, like sitting down and playing for f- like three hours. I think it's more kind of a pick up, play for an hour. Yeah, and drop in, down. drop out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, like, I played a bit of it. Obviously, I played a lot of it since it came out, but I was playing a bit of it this morning. Then I put it down. And I was like, because oh. I was going, I was going to watch the Manual Liverpool game, and then the Manual Liverpool game got cancelled, and I was like, oh, what do I do now? And Natty was like, well, oh, play Pokemon Snap. And I'm like, no, I don't really want to play Pokemon Snap. Um. No, but like it, it's it definitely does what it says in the tin. It, it's a it's a souped up version of the original, um, with lots more content in it, which is kind of what I hoped it would be. So I can't say I'm disappointed anyway. Only I think I think that's all people wanted to be honest. It is. It's, it's and it's not like uh, Mortal Kombat where you buy Pokemon Snap, but then you don't even snap Pokemon in the yeah, end. Yeah, how outrageous! That's it. <laughs> no, it's 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 good. It, like I think um, the the Metacritics. The Metacritic scores kind of fell like what a seven point five to an eight on average. I'd say that's probably right. That's right. Yeah, it's good. It's good fun. I, I'm still very early, and I, I only today started the second level. So <laughs> I don't know how I don't know how many levels there are. I've not watched any trailers for it or really read any reviews for it. So yeah, I, I haven't seen much about it. Yeah. I've gone in really as blind as you can expect to be. So I'm I'm enjoying the actual being surprised by things like oh my god i didn't know there was a blast toys in this thing <laughs> so it's nice <laughs> is that pikachu oh my god <laughs> he's back it's like sean michael's first match since he retired pikachu's back so yeah i mean it's, it's, good. it's good that's all i played i haven't played any other games as well. Alrighty. Uh, i played the other big release from this past Friday, I played Returnal on the old PlayStation 5. Right. Yeah. How's that? Uh, that uh, pretty fucking great uh, based on my, my early impressions. Um, this is a roguelike, right? Yes. Or is it, yeah. yeah. So it's from Housemark. I actually never played. Did you play Resogun on the PS4? I've never played any Housemark games. Yeah. I think I played that zombie game they, they had on like PS3. Right. But I, I never played their their PS4 game. Yeah, so this is this is a roguelike, although with you know kind of like a a AAA kind of presentation, which you don't typically kind of associate with with those. Right. Uh, you know, I I think of a roguelike, I think of Binding of Isaac, Hades, which came out last year, which is a great looking game, but you know a little top down animated thing. Whereas this looks like a you know a a class first party Sony game. It is a really crisp really kind of cutting edge looking um big budget game uh you play as a a woman who crash lands on a weird planet the the vibe is very alien very you know um specifically someone i can't remember who i heard someone make a great comparison specifically prometheus it's lots of big black stone obelisks and pillars and and you kind of like you've stumbled upon an ancient civilization tipped over statues vines everywhere 
Um, it's got great, like, fake alien um, life all over it. There's just creepy plants and environmental hazards. It's really great. So it's a third-person shooter. You're running through the levels. And, it, yeah, it obeys your standard roguelike rules. You run through 11, a level. The layout of the level, the enemies you come across, the loot you pick up is somewhat randomized. It's not completely random, obviously, but somewhat randomized. It's pretty tough. It's kind of designed for you to get a little bit further, get some good equipment, die, go back to the beginning, go again. And uh, you can pick up some permanent upgrades. So there's a sort of Metroidvania aspect to it as well. Straight away in your first two runs, you're seeing what are obviously grappling hook things that you would love to be able to swing <laughs> off, but you can't because you don't have them. Right. There's vines that are blocking off collectibles because you don't have the melee sword yet. Do you know what I mean? So you lose your money and your weapons, but there are a handful of permanent upgrades that's like, okay, you got five levels deep, but you died. But now when you go back to the beginning, you can go down all these side routes and explore all these nooks and crannies with your permanent upgrades. And yeah, kind of like Hades last year, I think the thing I like about it so much is that it's, it's really engaging the story with the roguelike stuff. So the character comments on it. It's it's there's some like a you know you, you crash land on the on the the this weird planet and you find your own corpse. So it's like when you the player are starting, this isn't even the beginning right. of the sequence. You you don't know how long this person has been stuck in this loop. You don't know if it's a mental thing. You don't know if it's a time loop. You don't know if it's a cloning situation um, because it's it's got a it's got some really weird. In a, in a fun kind of ambiguous way story elements you can find you know amongst the the procedural randomness of the levels sometimes you will come across your character's family home and you can explore you can explore it in a little first person segment you don't find enemies you just you can just explore it and pick up things and get dialogue um so it strikes me as the type of game that there will probably be many 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 playthroughs required to uh to uh dig through its story and kind of make sense of everything and piece together what's actually happening uh so yeah thumbs up on on, on that and I, I i really like the gameplay as well it's you know you've got a it feels really solid you move really fast uh you've got your basic controls you jump you dash you shoot uh it makes good use of the the ps5 controller it's doing the thing that i think some gamecube games did which is when you half compress the left trigger you aim down sights and when you fully press down on the left trigger that's a separate function right and that gives you like alt fire on your gun so it's like it's using all of that stuff the, the vibration on the controller is great this is a this is a, a, a strict this is a ps5 only thing so they're okay. they're they're really trying to use all that stuff um yeah really liking it it's tough i have not gotten very far into it yet um uh, but it's tough uh, yeah, I'm really loving it. I'm going to stick with it. I'll probably be giving frequent updates on here. And I'm glad I like it because it was 80 Europeans to buy for the standard edition, for the basic, just to get the game. Yeah, this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in. I kind of realized as well when I got that, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is the first exclusively PS5 thing I have bought because there hasn't been much else. You know, I got a gift right. of like Spider-Man and stuff like that. Uh, oh, 80 quid. I was... <sighs> but uh, but it is it is great. And, and like I said, it's... Oh, 
I the best thing about the PS5, which I was actually until Returnal came out, I was going to come on this show and talk about how I don't use that fucking console for anything because there's just <laughs> nothing out on it to play. I was, I'm using it to replay The Last of Us at the moment, which is a PS4 game, um, Last of Us 2. Um, you know, just just not allowed out. But thankfully, I this came out and it reminded me, yeah, that that controller is like the best controller I think I've ever <laughs> had on a, on a system. It's it's really fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that's Returnal. Uh, not too much else to chat about. Yeah, Last of Us Two. I'm about halfway through a replay of that. Um, I got back into Fortnite of all games, a game I was never really in ever. Right. But um, I was playing with Brona's nephew, funnily enough. And then I was like, well, if I'm gonna, I, I, if I'm gonna play with him, I can't just have this shitty little vanilla character. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll buy myself the little battle pass. What if you show with? up, if you show up with that basic character, they will be doing the uh, what is it, the little L? They'll be doing the loser. They'll loser be doing. Dance. They'll be doing the oh, there is so much shit in that game. I honestly don't even really understand it. But, you know, we had some fun. We won some matches. Uh, so I got the, the Aloy skin from Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Um, and I got a Lara Croft skin as well, which is great. Uh, and then me and my pals on Friday, I, since I got it, I was like, you guys should get Fortnite. And we should play Fortnite again. And we played it and we had some fun. And Some of them are way into it. And, like, I have obviously not been playing it basically since it came out. And so I've missed a lot of these timed events with all these crossovers of all these movies. My friends have got like Kratos skins, Stormtroopers, John Wick, fucking like every IP imaginable has been in this game at this stage. Um, so yeah, anyway, that's that's Fortnite. I don't have to talk too much about that. But um, yeah, those are the games. Um, I will hopefully have a Returnal update again next week. But yeah, that's that's that for me. Um, do we have emails this week? I have one. Let me go go on then. Let me crack it open here. It's from Nick. Thanks for the email, Nick. Subject, Falcon and to Winter Soldier. He says, hi, Paul. I thought you were a bit harsh on the show for episodes one to four, as I quite liked it. But after episode six, I agree with you. (laughs) What show Uh, was that? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Have you guys, you guys obviously, neither of you have watched it yet, am I correct? No, and I, I don't think I will. No, no, no. All right, Joe, are you going to check it out at some point? No, of course not. No. Nope. Okay, well, I'm going to warn then. Nick mentions some spoilers for episode six here, right? But I'm going to assume that if people are listening to this, and I'm talking about Winter Soldier and the Falcon, they either will have already watched it at this stage, or they don't like you. Um, so just to give people some some background, I, I'll talk about spoilers now for Captain America. Captain America and the Winter Soldier, as, as it actually turned out to be in the end. Oh, I swerved them. Yeah. Um, which, if you watched Avengers Endgame, you'll know that oh, Captain America went all old at that time and gave his shoes to... Spoilers! Spoilers! Someone listening might not have seen it yet. Well, it's not that good anyway. No, Joe's, Joe's seen Endgame. He talked about it on the... On the movie bracket, I'm I, I'm being facetious. It's the most watched movie ever. <laughs> oh, Sorry, um, he gives the shield to to his friend, um, Anthony Mackie. <laughs> What's his character called? <laughs> Anthony Mackie, yeah, go on. Hawk, the Hawkeye. No, no Falcon, but what's his Sam? His name is Sam. Right, Sorry. and so 
the Captain America Winter Soldier is the entire six episodes is oh he's struggling with the shield oh what's he got and he gives it away and there's like a fake Captain America and then in the end he just yeah he actually does does become Captain America and he has the the shittest costume in MCU history um so anyway Nick continues uh Walker turns up with a crap shield and has bants with Bucky they forgave him real quick so what that means is hello um yeah john walker is like the the government mandated captain america um what's the word uh sorry i guess replacement replacement yeah he he's kind of the antagonist of the first kind of four episodes and then with no explanation whatsoever he just turns up and is good again even though he like murdered someone in cold flood episode four um Oh, one of the hostages can fly a helicopter. So in classic Marvel fashion, Captain America, the Falcon, formerly the Falcon, is flying uh, through the air while a helicopter full of hostages is being also flown around. <laughs> and Captain America says to his little, what's it called, Red Wing, the little AI thing he has on his... No idea. He goes, uh, find out if anyone on that helicopter of like six people can fly a helicopter and of course one of them can oh what? so he takes the like dr- the pilot out and then one of the other ones is flying and he goes like good job ayla and it's like oh stupid shit um <laughs> falcon's he- helmet and goggles yeah the the captain america outfit is, is absolutely awful um it's kind of like a half captain america half falcon it's just oh, it looks so bad. um sharon do you ever sharon sharon carter mm, no <laughs> no, neither did I. Sharon Carter gets shot and then just holds a rag on the wound while having bants. Yeah, correct. Oh no, not not more bants. When did she shoot the bants, glands? Yeah, I mean, the 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 Captain America and the Winter Soldier finale was such a mess. Oh man. Also, there's the bit where Carly, who is the uh, actress from Rogue One, who is the she's like a British ginger-haired, freckle-faced kind of actress. I don't know if you remember of her from Rogue One. I don't know if you remember anybody from Rogue One because it was so boring. Ginger, freckled face, Rogue One. She at the very end of Rogue One. She in the black suit with the lightsaber? Uh, yes. Um, so she is like the primary antagonist, I guess, of the series. She gets killed like 20 minutes into the finale. And then there's a big speech where Captain America is talking about, you know, how we all need to be good people and be good to each other, and, da, da, da. and then that's like, you know, for all intents and purposes, the end. Like he he's become Captain America. He saved the day from the bad mm-hmm. people, and then they have to have another action scene for some reason. He's like, oh, I gotta go now. There's more action waiting for me, and then they have a completely superfluous extra action scene, and then it ends again. And then there's um. I think his name was Isaac, another like former super soldier who was nobody ever knew about. Um, and then Captain America has commissioned for him like a gold statue <laughs> while all this madness is going on, and he's like, "No one will ever forget about you again." <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad. Nick, you're, I, 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 I maybe was harsh in some elements of the show, but like, come on now. That whole show was a mess. <laughs> Episodes one, episode one was good. Episode one was the best of the run. Um, I don't remember. I think four. I think I I was all right on as well. Four and five, but like 
two and two and three and three in picker was just a complete mess and six was even worse uh that's my email thanks very much for that um nick i understand that for people who haven't watched it my spoilers will not make a lick of sense there a second ago i but, think uh, most people are watching it. people are yeah. watching those disney things it, 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 it was bad it was bad and Loki doesn't start until June, is it? Second week of June? Uh, yeah, I think so. Give or take. Won't, won't be watching that either. I will I will watch it, of course, because I'm a good little uh, Disney boy. Good little consumer. Good little... Good little... Did you read those Kevin Feig quotes? No. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh the the Nomadland director Chloe Zhao she's she's making Eternals right. and she was like I would love to um, shoot uh, on location for this and he was basically like what's that <laughs> um, and she went out and got some like test footage and he was like oh my god uh, wow what <laughs> unbelievable like a mind blown uh, so annoying. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's that's your marvel for you. I did watch that trailer for that Shang Chi. It looks all right. Um, I don't think I've watched a trailer for anything in about a year. For some, for I've seen, I've seen because they were really trying to ramp it up during the in the before the pandemic, and I've seen the Black Widow trailer so many times. Never seen it. Uh, it looks. It doesn't. Oh man, it really doesn't look good at all. I tell you, what, I'll new be paying thirty euros for that when it comes out. No, I haven't done that fucking thing once i've not paid premium for any of those home theater i think it's a cool idea but you gotta especially the the ones that are on disney where it's like pay 20 quid on top of your subscription fuck off um i think they have to find a sweet spot of like i think a tether is enough i like mulan i didn't care about black widow i I don't particularly care about but if it was a film if godzilla vs kong yeah was on disney plus somehow and it was ten euro. I'd pay a ten for that. Yeah, yeah. Tenor. What's a tenner? Twenty yeah, is twenty is too much. Thirty is definitely too much. That's my yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is emails anyway. Uh, speaking of movies, is it time to to get down to business here? Yeah. Um, our next round. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, for our new pro wrestling torch listeners, uh, <laughs> go back and listen to the last. Uh, Two episodes, three episodes, three episodes, um, because we are in uh, the last sixteen of our movie bracket, bop it, twist it, turn it bracket, whatever it's called, um, and we've got sixteen films left. We're going to work out what is Cheshire Podcast's favorite film. So again, like last week, the sixteen movies have gone into the random order generator. Okay, we've done the draw. <laughs> And we have the 16 movies now. We are going to, each of us have one equal vote. Uh, and we will choose which film will go through to the quarterfinals, which will take place next week. So, without further ado, first uh, of the last 16 is Coco. Mm. Pixar's Coco, which we now have all seen. Uh, and Alfred yeah. Hitchcock's Psycho. Mm. Um Tough, tough one for me. Hey? Coco and Psycho. Coco and Psycho. It's the Co Derby. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, 
Well, Coco is objectively the better film. Let's be honest, Psycho is a bit. Do you reckon? So, I reckon that Psycho oh, is is to me the objectively better. But then, oh, but wait, hang on now, Les. There cannot be two objective betters here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit subjective. That's a bit subjective. Yeah, we're well. I I would say like look, Coco. I like more because of my like personal connection to it and certain mm. things what happened in my life that I see in the film and go oh that reminds me of reminds me of my gran and stuff like that. Yeah. But Psycho I just you know I just like it for what it is as a film it, do- it doesn't necessarily like I've not come in the shower and murdered a naked woman at any point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry says. Well. Um I go I go Coco. I do think Psycho is a great film, but it's not, it's not Coco. Yeah, I gotta go Coco. Coco, it is. I really rate Psycho. I think Psycho's for me is up there with um, films that I won't name because they are potentially still to come on this list. But mm. you know, for me, it's it's one of the one of the movies that I would say is like the, the, the best cinema has to offer. Um. Right, anyway, Coco goes through to the quarterfinal. Coco did make me cry, to be fair. Psycho didn't. So it's got that yeah, at least. That's true. Uh, up next, two films that made me cry for very different reasons. Uh, one of them being that I was a, a scared child. <laughs> uh, Jurassic Park and Toy Story 3. Hmm. Ooh. Are we going to get the controversial Barry opinion again here that Jurassic Park is, is not all that in a bag of chips? Uh, mm, probably. Yeah, I mean, if it's against Toy Story 3, you probably are going to get that. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That guy, Toy, Toy Story 3 for me, I, I, I think Jurassic Park is really cool. I think it's neat. Um, and I respect its, its influence, but it's, it's Toy Story 3 for me. Really? See, I well, really, I, I really like so, Jurassic Park. I think for me, def- definitely, uh, Jurassic Park. See, I think Toy Story is, I think Toy Story is the best Pixar film. So I think Toy Story is better than Coco, for example. But God, Jurassic Park, and I love, I love dinosaurs as well. Or I don't really care about dinosaurs these days. Yeah, but do you like toys? I do. To this day, I like toys, <laughs> but I don't like Woody and Buzz. I like I like cool toys like Lego. Uh, Buzz is cool. Buzz is cool. Buzz is cool, but Buzz has that thing where in every film, apart from Toy Story One, he's just a completely pointless character. Where like, oh, you speak Spanish in this one for no reason. Yeah. Or whatever. Um. No, when I was a kid, I used to like. I don't know if you you guys remember. Maybe Barry, you're a little too young for it. But there was like a dinosaur magazine that came out, and you'd collect every issue. It would give you a little. Um, yeah, I think I know the one. A little bit, and you 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 put it all together and make like a T Rex uh, skeleton that would glow in the dark. It was all cool. Um, so I was like big, big into dinosaurs. I was obviously terrified of Jurassic Park. That's infamously the film that I hid behind the couch during because I was mm-hmm. so afraid of it. But uh, I've definitely come round on it since I was uh, six, six, seven years old. <sighs> this is a toughie. This is a toughie. Toy Story 3 or Jurassic Park. 
Yeah, I'll 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 go Jurassic Park on this one. Um, Toy Story, very good. Don't get me wrong, love a bit of Toy Story, but Jurassic Park got it all. It's got the score. Mm-hmm. Got the John Williams score. It's got Sam Jackson just being a bad motherfucker before he was known for doing that. He's like a cigarette hacking away in the computer. Uh, Dennis Nedry sitting on the toilet. <laughs> All the classics. Hey, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess I guess Jurassic Park wins then, doesn't it? Jurassic Park wins. Jurassic Park eliminates Toy Story Three. <clears throat> right, next up, the Born Identity. Mm. Going one on one with uh, the Godfather. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I feel bad for the Born Identity there. You, that's not really doable. <laughs> I don't see it toppling the Godfather. No, I'll, I'll come straight out and say I, Godfather for me. Godfather for me. Um, mm. If Born Identity had a scene at the start where a guy was coming asking for a favor and he's like, you come on the day of my daughter's wedding, you don't even call me Jason Bourne. <laughs> maybe... Which, by the way, is that my name? <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, look. As far as as far as um, certainly like the Italian gangster genre, as far as that goes, like Godfather is is the best. And I don't hear any arguments about any other films like Goodfellas or any of that shite. <laughs> I really like Goodfellas for the record, but like, fuck. You, I watched Godfather again recently. I was like, oh my god, this film's so fucking good. Ah, oh, the whole wedding scene at the beginning. Oh, it's just great. Al Pacino before he was just screaming cocaine Al Pacino doing yeah. like an actual understated performance oh my god you don't see too many of those these days um, Born Identity is good but it, it also pioneered the shaky cam action which has ruined yeah. cinema it's, it's one of the films along with like um, The Avengers which at the time was new and fresh and exciting, but in retrospect has ruined cinema. <laughs> yeah, fair. So I'll, I'll dock it points for that. God, Godfather, that'd be Godfather. Um, I probably agree, Godfather, but I'm going to vote for Bourne just to even just out. to spice it up a bit, just to give it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to be a three nil. So, hey, Barry, lies in your hands. I said Godfather. Ah, Godfather, it is so. I say I think I'm on the straight away. I was like, it's, it's no points. <laughs> no point even discussing it. Right. Uh, next up, we've got a pair of uh, modern day classics, a pair of modern day pulpy, uh, memorable quips. You, you well, Pulp Fiction, the pulpiest film that maybe has ever existed, uh, and American Psycho, a film that's maybe not a million miles away. What do we reckon? Now, again, Barry, I, I seem to recall one of the last times you had the, the scorching hot take that Pulp Fiction is a bit overrated. Ooh. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's I think I think that's fair to say, given it is one of the most like frequently top ranked, frequently adored, constantly yeah. called the be- the best film of one of the best directors ever. Like, you know, so that so I can say it's overrated and still think it's it's pretty fucking great. I mean, I love Tarantino. Um, 
<laughs> I just had to quickly check on Letterboxd to see if I actually have it in my like my favorites. Uh, I actually don't, but I, I you know, mm. I hate to be the cliche, but I would probably include it in my like top, certainly my top ten. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Okay. Would you not have American Psycho in that position? I just haven't seen American Psycho as much as like I only watched American Psycho for the first time last year, mm. and I really liked it. But I've seen Pulp Fiction maybe ten times. This, this is kind of tough, as as like yeah, I do think I'm like a little bored of Pulp Fiction and mm. stuff, but like kind of like like Born Identity. I respect that it got this far. I do feel like of all the films on this list, I'm kind of surprised it got this far. Right. Sorry, Barry is sneezing. For those who <laughs> Sorry, I was I was in fact sneezing there. Um, American Psycho is like really great, but I'm kind of looking at it as like okay, similar to like Born versus Godfather. I'm like okay. To be fair, is American Psycho really? On like Pulp Fiction's level, all being equal, I don't, I don't think it is. Well, I mean, this this list is can be very subjective. It does. We don't need to take into into you know into um, consideration how objectively good or not the films are. Of even course. Though, even yeah. though that was kind of my angle for um, for Psycho earlier on. <laughs> That's the thing. You can play it any way you want. So you know, if Pulp Fiction is arguably. Um, above the level of American Psycho, but you're also a bit bored of Pulp Fiction. Like, that's happened to me with certain films, and, like, if that was the case, I wouldn't I wouldn't vote for it. I don't know that I'm necessarily bored of Pulp Fiction yet, but I also feel like I haven't re-watched American Psycho enough to properly appreciate it, if that makes any sense. Like, sometimes you watch yeah. a film the first time, and you totally get it, and sometimes you watch it the first time, you go, oh. Like, I had with um, Blade Runner, a film that's not on this list anymore. First time I watched it, I was like, "Yeah, it was it was good." And the second time I watched it, I liked it even more. And third time I liked it even more again. So you know, possibly I'll have that with American Psycho, but I haven't given it the opportunity yet to really register in my in my little movie brain. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So you're saying Barry? You saying Pulp Fiction? I'll, I'll go Pulp Fiction. I will. Alright, Joe. Um, this is a tough one. I do really love both these movies. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Pulp... No, fuck it. I'm going to say American Psycho. Because <laughs> this has a woman director. And I'm oh, not nice. sexist. Hello. It's playing the, the sex card. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Like I think my favorite moment of either film is American Psycho, where they're looking at the business cards. Hmm. But ah, sure, fuck it, I'll go Pulp Fiction as well. Oh, for the for the reasons I said, I need to watch American Psycho more. Maybe if we came back to this in three years, maybe I'd have a different answer. But mm-hmm. right now, right now, it gotta be Pulp Fiction. Right, um, another of the two best cinema has to offer coming up here, uh, The Shining, mm. and Mad Max Fury Road. Oh God! So Lord. Let, me, let me start this time. 
Um, Go on. Mad Max Fury Road, I think, probably the best action film of all time. I know I probably said that for like the raid here and there, but I think Mad Max Fury Road is probably the best. It's just the best, isn't it? And again, it was yeah. a film the first time. I think the first time I watched Mad Max Fury Road, I think I've said this on the podcast before. When I saw it in the cinema, madly, I gave it like an 8 out of 10. And I was like, oh, there was, I don't know, there was just some, some je ne sais quoi missing. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, no. I'm an idiot. It's perfect. <laughs> so, but then I also think The Shining is perfect. I, I would struggle to really find fault with either of these movies. You could maybe say that, like, I think we've said on on this very feature a week or two ago that, like, you know, Tom Hardy as the lead character isn't particularly engaging or interesting. But that's not the point of Mad Max Fury Road. You know, it's it's yeah. You could say, well, it's a, it's a Furiosa film. It's like, well, that's not even really the point either. The film is the spectacle of the chase. That's what the entire film is, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then The Shining is, you know, a man's descent into madness. And is there something supernatural going on as well? Uh-oh. Um, and Kubrick just being the biggest prick in the world, but getting, <laughs> getting a goddamn good film out of it. That's all that matters, baby. Yeah, well, look. Um, I will go, even though it's it's on a razor edge. No wrestling pun intended. Um, I think that I was just more wowed. And as crazy as this is going to sound, I think I'm more wowed by how good The Shining is. So I'm going mm-hmm. to go with The Shining. Uh, I think for me, I, I do like The Shining, but it's not one of my favourites, to be honest. So for me, it would 100% be uh, Mad Max. You've backed me into a corner here, and, I, and now I have to kill one of my children. Oh, it's Barry's choice. Oh, Can't I do like a King Solomon where I cut them in half? The Shining um, Fury Road. And then it's like the first half of the movie is all got this crazy chase. It's so fucking awesome. And it's, then... it's, it's Jack Nicholson driving up that winding road at the start, but he's been chased <laughs> by a, a bald man with a fire guitar. And then the second half of the film is, is it is it weighing on him mentally? <laughs> um, um, oh, I hate to be the one to cut this film effectively ending its tenure. Because <clears throat> it could have been a winner. I think yeah. both of these could have been a winner, but I will have to go. Sharpen, yeah. take a breath. The Shining. Oh my God! Yeah, that 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 hurts my heart to do that. But, yeah, but it's uh, it's the one for me. That's maybe the toughest one we've had so far. That's possibly yeah. I I, I think so. Yeah. Until now, I am I ready for my heart to hurt? Because we got 12 Angry Men up next. Uh, my favorite film of all time. New listeners. Um, now, I did say last week, or not last week, but whenever we last did this, I was like, you know what? 12 Angry Men could come up against something real good. And that could be the end of it. And even I might not vote for it. Uh, but when I did the random draw today, I could not, I could not even have predicted 12 Angry Men and Parasite. Wow! 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 We were. Wow! Wow! We were. Um, 
<laughs> probably God. the the most famous uh korean film of all time definitely kind of the most popular in terms you know of, of english-speaking people watching them yeah um yeah i mean look parasite's so good granted 12 angry men i adore for various other reasons um What more can I say? Like I, I, one, I said before, but one thing I'm really appreciative of of Parasite, aside from it being like brilliant, is that if it if it's a, a little gateway for people to check out films like, um, the the host or the Handmaiden or Old Boy, you know, even better. Yeah. Um, any of Bong Joon Ho's films, Park Chan Wook. You know, like Korean, again, not to sound super, super pretentious, but Korean cinema got some real good films in there that people really should watch. And Parasite is like, it's not even that accessible a film. It's it's, it's kind of weird how it kind of took off as its own little zeitgeist, just by virtue of how good it is, because it, it does, it is weird. It is kind of, it is very dark. It is very, it is very Korean. Um, so I'm surprised how how accessible uh, yeah. it turned out to be for what it actually is. I think I think that is just a testament to how good it is, I guess. Exactly. Uh, let me talk about Twelve Angry Men for a second. Uh, it's like got some of the best performances in history in it. <laughs> yeah, it's got the bit where the one man is racist and all the other ones turn their back on him, and he's going, "But mm-hmm. but do, do, these people they do this thing. Listen to me. Listen to me, you." And they all turn their back in a very powerful moment and the one man with his his son these kids they they bleed you dry and then by the end he's he's crying he's saying not guilty not guilty and what i love about twilight man is you don't you don't find out in the end if the kid was guilty or not because it's not the point the point is about you know how how men and their prejudices can take over uh Take them over as a kind of parasite, funny enough, and that you really need to uh, really need to look at things from an objective point of view to, to see things for what they really are. But I'm going to shake the old uh, boat here, rock the boat. I'll vote for parasite. Wow! I'm like I'm like Waluigi just got hit with a turtle shell here. I'm yeah, there's maybe a bit of recency bias in here, and look, Twelve Angry Men, I love, but that's that is actually the thing that's that I have not watched Twelve Angry Men since that first time I watched it, yeah. and obviously it, Parasite, you know, just came out two years ago. It's all, yeah, it's, it's, Twelve Angry Men is always good for a rewatch. It's not a very long film either, and it's, it it gets better every time. But just for what Parasite is and for what it represents, I I appreciate that. So I I will be the one. I'll be like Vince McMahon bringing in the NWO. I'll kill my own creation. <laughs> I'll be the one to put the knife in and, and, and vote out 12 arguments. Well, um, I'll let you go, yeah. Right, yeah, I'm going to go for Parasite. Yeah, um, I was going to say, look, I love 12 Angry Men, but, you know, I think it is Paul's baby and I love, I love Parasite, so if he's happy to go Parasite, I'm with Joe, I'll, I'll go Parasite as well. We go Parasite. Yeah. God bless. God speed. Yeah. Right. Next up, Jaws mm. versus Back to the Future. Joe, how's your heart doing? 
Oh. Ooh. Um, I think an easy one for me, although I do yeah. love Jaws. Yeah, Back to the Future would, would certainly be my favorite of those two. See, I don't know. I think it's close for me. Because I, I, I love Back to the Future, obviously. I've watched Back to the Future many, 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 many times. Uh, but I was really impressed when I watched Jaws for the first time uh, last year. In a way that I expected it to be kind of hokey and old. Because like 1975. Um, I don't know quite what I expected, but I expected kind of a the same feeling I had when I watched um, Text Chainsaw Massacre the first time, which I also really like, but I was like, okay, it's, it's certainly old. <laughs> There's certainly a bit of hokiness to it. But Jaws, like, totally holds up. Um, and the performances in it are really, really great. I think, for me, these films are kind of on the same level. Mm. Um, what do you reckon, Barry? What are you thinking? I know my answer. I have my answer. I'm ready. I'm ready to lock it in. Final answer, Chris. Okay. Uh, I'll make it easy on you, Paul. I'm going, going back, back to the future. future. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. It's. I don't know what way I'd go on that. That's a hard. One. That's a hard one too. That, that might be a question graphics. for me. Yeah. I. I might. Okay. Well, I'll put it this way. I. I might like Back to the Future more. I probably. Jaws being better, mm. so I'd probably based on that, I'd probably vote for Back to the Future as well. But it'd be it'd be real close. I probably have to think a lot about it. But thankfully, I don't have to. Uh, and then the last pairing of the uh, of the week, Shaun of the Dead versus the best space damn opera you ever did see, Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Lord. Which, let me just say, like Darth Vader cutting off Luke's little hand, um, that's what's happening here to Shaun of the Dead. I think Empire Strikes Back is is a, an easy pick Ooh. for me. As much as I like Shaun of the Dead, Empire Strikes Back has ticked all the little boxes, got the nostalgia box ticked, because I had that little 1997 remaster uh, box set on VHS. Mm. Um, it's also... The, the best Star Wars film and one of only uh, four good Star Wars films that exist. <laughs> um, along with Star Wars uh, Force Awakens and uh, Last Jedi. Um, the second half of Return of the Jedi is mostly boring nonsense. Come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is the best. It's like the, the best they ever did with, it, with that franchise. Um, yeah, it's just great from start to finish. It's got Billy D. Williams as Lando. Oh, he's so fucking charismatic. It's great. Great, 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 great. Um, mm-hmm. What about you, Joe? I got Shaun of the Dead. Oh, wow. It speaks to me about my life, going to the shop and buying a Cornetto. <laughs> <laughs> Doing a podcast with two zombies, like myself and Perry. Um, well, after last episode, my, my indignation at the very prospect of a new hope being cut, <laughs> I surely have to go more thoroughly to bat for, for Empire Strikes Back, and I, I have to pick that. Um, 
which is a shame. I I feel like comedy might end up being a bit more underrepresented in our in our. Yeah, our we top. don't we we don't have any comedies left in the top eight. They've all been eliminated. And to be yeah. fair, I don't think there were many comedies in the '64. Actually, no, I I, I don't think so. There's mainly kind of the Pixar things, I guess, were kind of you know. Yeah. We got Back to the Future, I guess. Yeah, Back to the Future is comedy elements. Um. Okay, so our final eight are, in no particular order, Coco, Jurassic Park, The Godfather, Pulp Fiction, The Shining, Parasite, Back to the Future, and The Empire Strikes Back. So we'll see what order the draw hits them for uh, our quarterfinals that we'll do next week. Excellent. An intense round, some hard-hitting matches there. Yeah. All right, uh... We can jump in then to the old wrestling cup very quickly. Anyone watch the first half of the Pillman thing that, that Vice put up? No. no, I haven't checked out any of that stuff. Alrighty, uh, we'll, uh, I watched it. But I guess we can talk about it like next week or something. Is, so, that, yeah, they, is, is that coming out on all four again? Do you know, or what's the plan for? I that? assume so, but season two was quite delayed on. Okay. Um, uh, all four. Um. For season two, and I think season three as well, you could literally just find it on YouTube. They weren't pulling it down. Yeah, I, I think I watched most of season two either on YouTube or like Daily Motion. Yeah, in good quality as well. It's it's yeah, it's yeah. very easy to follow. Um, it was good. I'll just say that. Uh, so yeah, the like the season two Benoit kind of thing, where it was two episodes. They're they're. I think they did this exact thing actually. It's a a two-hour premiere, but they put out the first hour free online to kind of whet people's appetite. Right. It was good. They've got they've got a lot of the returning talking heads like you know, Cornette and 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 what have you. They've got Steve Austin this year. Uh, they put out a little teaser for the Nick Gage episode. They've got John Moxley doing interviews as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward. I saw to a it. clip I, of the, I saw a clip of Moxley. All right, doing the Nick Gage. Yeah. So um, yeah, looking forward to that. And that first hour was 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 good. It's good as it usually is. So uh, so next week, maybe we'll chat about the full two-hour yoke. Yeah, they air on May 6th, right? That is, yeah. I will yeah, on... for sure check that out, because I, I, I've never watched all of season one. I think I only saw... I saw the Montreal Screwjob, I saw the last of the Von Eriks, and I think I saw the Killing of Bruiser Brody, but I never checked out the other... Yeah. But I watched all of season two. I thought it was great. So... Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then we had uh, Dynamite this week, which mm. which I thought was quite good. And last um, week, <laughs> and last week, in fact, yeah, good yeah. good shows all yeah. round. Um, I really liked the Inner Circle Pinnacle segment this the week. Parlay. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was good, given how bad the Inner Circle has been since they turned face. This was the first thing they did that I was kind of into. Um, yeah. I just don't like the presentation of the Inner Circle as Jericho's, you know, hair metal band buddies. <laughs> biker mice from Mars. Yeah, biker mice from Mars. Their little leather jackets. It's it's very very try hard, aren't we? Aren't we cool? But actually, we're only one step up from aces and eights on the <laughs> scale. Um, like all they had to do was keep doing inner circle exactly the way it was, but they're baby faces. I feel like yeah, Jericho's perception of what a baby face is is very WWE. And I, I I don't really like. Yeah, it. it was very it was very like 2007 
Jericho, mm. where he's calling them the pineapple instead of the pinnacle. And oh, he's, the pi- it's all rubbish. Like, joke. It's terrible. And do um, MJF is my jerk off friend. And da, 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 da. I don't know. Like Jericho has crossed into Ric Flair of the like mid two thousands, where people just want to cheer him. They don't want to boo him, but simultaneously. He he's not necessarily a good babyface in the classic way. No, so that's why um, I thought like the inner circle was working so well as like their dynamic as heels was perfect. You literally just have to have them act the same way, but they're they're feuding with heels and talking about heels. Yeah, but he yeah he comes off very like pandering and doing his yeah I'm Jericho yeah like he like he's a rock star don't forget he's a rock star. God, he's so annoying. But this was the first promo where he didn't lean into that. And he did, um, you know, he did a serious promo. I don't necessarily think that he he needs to become a kind of a, a Chris Benoit style, you know, super straight laced, you know, intense kick ass uh, baby face. But um, it was nice that he wasn't like, wasn't leaning into his, uh, his, his old, 2007 babyface uh, ways, which again were a flop in 2007. Why would they work in 2021? Yeah, I'm loving the Pinnacle though. I have to say they are Pinnacle are great. Pinnacle are Pinnacle great. are a great actor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they what did they say? It's um, Sammy and Spears are starting. Well, I Spears said just argued that they would have the man advantage. I don't think he necessarily said he was starting. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah, Guevara and said that he would. I, I thought Spears was really good. Um, yeah. yeah. E- even, you know, once he gets in the ring, he's a complete... Ooh, a snoozer. But uh, he was good here. I thought the... Um, I thought the FTR were, were very good as well. I thought probably their best stuff yeah. um, for FTR that I've seen, really. It's, it's funny how kind of um, transparent there they were with like Ortiz doesn't do the promos <laughs> don't give Ortiz the bike give it to the other fella <laughs> and also that you know Wardlow and um, Hager didn't get any mic time after Wardlow the previous week with his, his zero charisma uh, having to go at Jericho which was funny because Jericho obviously messed up his line as we covered before Yeah, but Wardlow is not like this you know Volcano of charisma waiting to no waiting to no. erupt either he he was very meticulously remembering his his lines he'd written out beforehand and saying them um but that segment was very good I think the match will be very good so I thought Jericho's go home line of if 1969 was the summer of love 2021 is the summer of pain and violence and at blood and guts summer starts early I thought that was like that was cute even yeah. if even if 1969 being the summer of love is a reference from literally. 50 years ago is a bit dated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but I thought it was I thought it was cute nevertheless. 50 fucking years ago. <laughs> I, I don't even think kids today get the summer of 69 as a reference let alone you know it be no. you know anyway uh what else was on this week's show we had uh, the six man tag the nightmare factory versus no sorry the factory versus the nightmare family. Yeah, that's not confusing um, at all. No, not confusing at all. Um, I actually, I'm loving this storyline, and I yeah thought it was great when Cody came back 
in the bus. Such a stupid wrestling thing. They arrive on the bus, and then Cody comes out of the bus later. Well, he's, he's, he's hiding to... in, a, in a cupboard or something. <laughs> hiding in the QT Marshalls. He's in the, he's in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be fair, I think they, they, they bodged it a little bit by... Um, you could see Cody stand for a good like fifteen seconds before they opened the door, and yeah. even Shivani had to be like, "Oh, wait a minute, who's that? In the, who's in the bus? Oh, it's Cody." Like, could he not have crouched down so his face wasn't like coming out the window? Um, they, they had a brawl on top of the bus. That was cool. That was cool. That was cool. No, I I really like the yeah. factories. I think QT Marshall has gone from a complete dud to like this really entertaining thinks he's just he thinks he's like the rock <laughs> heel you know with his little goon mm-hmm. squad although i was surprised um they had um the big guy nick what's the second name comoroto 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 yeah i was surprised they had him wrestling it's like he seems to me like the the muscle you have on the outside but they had anthony gogo on the outside I, i'm not sure why that was um yeah whether or not he's like totally ready, you know. I mean, it's a it's a six man tag. You can, you know, you can protect the guys quite, yeah. you know, quite well. I don't know. The the big guy I I would have, you know, being kind of the here's a reference from uh, my back pocket, the Jackson Andrews of the group. <laughs> oh no! What? And that he's just like the big guy on the outside, like I. I don't know. Maybe maybe this isn't such a point that I don't really need to. But it's, it's not the hill for me to die on. But I was just surprised when they came out that like, oh, yeah. the big guy is wrestling, and the 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 guy who is ostensibly you know he can kill a man with one punch, a la Barry's dreams, um, or fears. Uh he's not. He's not. He's not wrestling the match. That was a bit strange. Bit strange oh, oh, I didn't even re- I didn't even make the connection that I'm basically Anthony Agogo. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I don't play Game Boy, mate. Oh. <laughs> oh, big boy shit. Outrageous tweet. Also, oh, outrageous tweet. <laughs> also, um, Game Boy. That <laughs> brand hasn't existed in about 20 years. <laughs> oh, my oh, life. Playing his Game Boy during the summer of 69. Oh, the governor. <laughs> to be fair, Colton, Colton Gunn hit like the best dropkick I've ever seen. In the post fight bra. It's in the it's in the family, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah, so they're doing QT and Cody next week at Blood and Guts. Can I just um, say like the gun club are so shit by the way? Yeah, well yeah, they are. <laughs> they hit that re- re- really good draft kick, but god, they are so they're so shit. I hope those kids don't hope to break out at any point being, you know, son of gun and other son of gun. Um <laughs> Um, what else is on this show? Uh, you had to... Brian Cage and Hangman Page open oh, up. Brian Cage won. I was so surprised. Yeah, what was that about? I well, maybe they they need to give Page something to do while they stall for time before he can wrestle Omega eventually yeah, for a title. So. Give him a little. Just, give him a little Team oh, Taz feud. I would not have him there. And to be yeah. fair, to be fair, Cage like power bombed him on the ramp before the match started, so he was he was against the kind of mm. half health hangman. Yeah, I I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like 
the way AEW usually d- does things, it, even with even with an excuse like that, it doesn't seem like they usually beat guys before a title match. Yeah. My, I was kind of thinking, I was like, I wonder if they're going to hold off the Hangman match until the next pay per view after Double or Nothing, until the crowds uh, are back, maybe. Yeah, until the crowds are back. But then, <laughs> then like, who who could face Kenny at the next pay per view is my question. You know, so it could be a tag. Could we do like a six man or something? Or, or Mox again? I don't know. Yeah, it could be, could be anything. Oh, I feel like they shouldn't. They shouldn't have beat Mox again. I think they've perhaps done that. I don't know, but it's weird. They could. Um... It could do a five man or ten man tag with uh, the Big Brothers and Young Bucks and Kenny mm. against uh, some people. Time will time will tell. I have to imagine at Blood and Guts they have to start giving us some double or nothing matches though, because mm. we're yeah we're not that far out, so they should probably start making them. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the fact they didn't, they didn't mention the Impact uh, title. We, oh, we haven't have that on the rundown, by the way. Oh, the, um, yeah. Revo- Revolution pay-per-view. Um, did either of you watch the... No. No, Rebellion. Oh, sorry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, re- yeah, Rebellion. Uh, I watched the main event. It was pretty It was pretty good until Rich Swan sort of ran out of gas. <laughs> and it kind of fell apart a bit towards the end. Right. But... Yeah, really, really good match though. Like a four, four okay. and a quarter star sort of match. Yeah, definitely worth watching. Um, they really, I like they completely bury Impact. <laughs> the whole thing is about how like shit Impact is, and how Kenny Omega is like a real world champion. It's like, oh dear. And then and sure they won. Exactly. And there was no like interference. There's no like like shenanigans in the match. It was a pretty straight match. Um, yeah, Kenny just won. Very strange. Also, Big Cass debuted. Yes, Morrissey. Yeah, William Morrissey. Oh um, I love hearing yeah. in, on Wikipedia it says W. Morrissey, formerly known as Colin Big Cass Cassidy. I don't think he ever went by that moniker. He was Colin Cassidy, and then he was Big Cass. Yeah, Colin Cassidy slash. Oh God, Big remember, Cass. remember he was Colin Cassidy. What a shit name that is. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, they did. They did not make a big deal on Dynamite about that impact thing. Anyway, um, no, he they they they've um, used though the picture of him with like the Mega Championship and the Impact Championship, um, like plugging his appearance on. And also, Andrade is apparently going to wrestle Omega Triple Mania this year. Mm, interesting. That should be El Macho Buene. <laughs> that was really oh. bad Spanish. Brutal. Oh my god. <laughs> bueno. Let me edit that back. Oh, terrible. Bueno. Um Yeah. Uh so they did a big angle where uh Mox and Kingston were gonna like break Nakazawa's ankle or then yeah. Kenny's ankle to get a match with them, I guess. So they, yeah. they're having a, a tag match at uh, Blood and Guts. So I guess they'll probably do those two versus the Young Bucks at the pay-per-view. Uh, I didn't really get that segment. Why a tag match is better than breaking their ankles, exactly, after what was done to them? But look. Yeah, they did break Eddie's ankle, or they did something to his ankle, so you think they would have just done it, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What Eddie... was the... Hmm. Oh, well, first of all, let me just say, Chris Statlander, since she com- came back, is looking great. Yes. Great, great, yeah. great. Oh, yeah. And she, uh, yeah, sorry. I forgot she wrestled on this show. Yeah, she's, looking, she's looking very good. Yeah. Key condition. Absolutely. Um, 
she faced Penelope Ford on the, she, on the she's show. She's very good, very very good. Um, yeah, enjoyed enjoyed that. Um, and then Miro beat up uh, Sabian. And give him a little cuddle afterwards. Yeah, give him a kiss in the head. Awful. <laughs> I, I thought it was all right. I, I, I'm kind of getting into the Miro stuff now that they're getting him away from um, uh, Tank's brother for the 10 bits in the chat. You know, and right, now they're getting him right, away from all that shit. Um, I hope he's not wrestling Kip at the pay-per-view, though. I hope they he should beat <laughs> Kip in two seconds on Dynamite, to be quite honest. Yeah. And also, we're getting Moxie against Eugene Nagata in two weeks. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> for the IWGP US title on Dynamite. That'd be great crack. That's <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> um, and then main event was Darby Allen against T- the Dark Order's 10. Oh, that was all right. Um, good. good. For, for a guy of 10's experience, I thought they, that they had a solid match. Yeah. Uh, looks like they're going to go with some variety of... Ethan Page, the Scorpio Sky versus Darby and Sting, question mark, or possibly Lance Archer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. We've had this, like, closed dynamite two or th- two or three times now. Yeah. The old Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Sting and Allen, Schmoz, and Lance Archer runs out. I'm not sure what to make of it all, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This feels like it feels like they don't know what they really want to do with Archer, but they want to do something with him because he's he's good. It's like it's, thinking it's... back, like, like you okay, you probably couldn't have the factory and the Nightmare Family main event, but I probably would have had that Cody Rhodes angle close the show. Yes, yeah, yeah. Like you have something happen backstage, and there's a brawl, and then QT Marshall runs away. Cody's back because like the the actual end of the show just seemed to be. A bit of a whimper. Yeah. Um, even the inner circle thing maybe could have closed. Anyway. I thought that would when they advertised it because it's like, yeah, blood and guts is their big thing. But I think I think they they like the idea because Darby's made him into like three straight shows now, so it's like, yeah. you know I think they they're really trying to test him out in that slot. Well he's do he's doing quite well it seems. Yeah. Um to be fair, the ratings were down this week. It was the first one since they went solo not to hit a million. Yeah. But you know, I think the show was really good. I think they need to not be uh, dispirited by that. Just don't worry about that. Just keep focusing on on doing what you're doing. But no, they they were going up against the new demo god, Joe Biden. <laughs> I think they were. I think they were like, if you dis, I think if you removed all, because like the top, like of the ten top ranked shows, like seven of them were various stations just showing the Biden speech, right. Um, so you know, it was it was. I think they were three if you cut all that stuff out. So you know, fair enough. It, it, it's there's like been a pattern basically since Dynamite debuted that like notable occurrences on the news uh, hurt them. It seems. Um, of course, so, you know, if I, if this was like the good old days, we'd be seeing you know Biden fears fake they got Biden. signs in the. The audience, fake or or yeah, no, if it was if it was WWE, they'd get fake Biden. They'd get like yeah. a they'd get like the prop department to give them a skeleton and put a wig and a suit on it, and and kind of weekend at Bernie's it down to the ring so that it can get like laid out by Umaga. Um, it's, I, it's still mad that they did on Raw. What was it like, Hillary, a fake Hillary against a fake Obama, Obama or something? What the, what 
was they did fake they did fake Hillary versus fake Obama. They did fake Trump versus fake Rosie O'Donnell. <sighs> Why? And they I, I don't and they remember had, what was the point of any of this. Just because like the the just because that was in the news at the time and they wanted to be they wanted to be <laughs> satire. <laughs> Who cared? And um, they had they had Vince cutting a promo on fake Stan Kroenke. Uh, that was horrific. I remember that. I remember that episode of Raw. That was the episode of Raw where Mr. Kennedy came back and got fired. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, with the jerseys. Stupid the jersey match. match. Um, anyway, that was Dynamite. Dynamite was solid this week. Um, I'm looking forward to Blood and Guts a lot. Yeah, yeah we've got oh, um, yeah. Cody Rhodes versus QT Marshall. Interesting. They're doing it straight away. Yeah, strange they're doing it straight away instead of building to the paper. But sure, look. Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa versus Moxley and Kingston. Britt Baker in action. And tag team eliminator four-way SCU, Jurassic Express, Varsity Blondes, and The Acclaimed. And of course, the Blood and Guts match. Yeah, so they got Omega, Moxley, Cody, and the Blood and Guts all in one show. So Yeah. yeah big, big one, big number. And the real uh, draw, uh, Greg Garrison, or whatever his name is. <laughs> The rest of you. Griff. Griff. Oh, Griff. I didn't know that. That's like my name. The Griff. Uzi <laughs> <laughs> with Pillman. Pillman, yeah. Pillman and the Griff on Varsity Radio. Uh, seeing, seeing him being interviewed against. Like, uh, Ju- Pillman Jr. looks so much like his dad. It's crazy. Right. It's, it's fucking crazy. It's like P- Pillman Jr. could be him in those blurry reconstructions in the, in the ring. Maybe he was, actually, now that I think about it. He's- um, anyway, so yeah, we'll be back next week with Blood and Guts review, Dark Side of the Ring, um, more game chat, more Pokemon Snap, I'd imagine, Return of maybe to 14, let's see. Um, uh, yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll follow up next week, folks. Uh, in the meantime, chairshoppodcast.com, at chairshoppod if you want to follow along with the show or send us a message. You can send us the email at the website. And uh, yeah, chat to us about anything. Obviously, you, you hear our emails. We're, we're open to whatever topic you want to chat to us about. So yeah, until then, it's uh, goodbye from me, Barry. It's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye.